Guys, if you were collecting that much money, what would you put it in? I would take the safety deposit box mm -hmm. and I would walk out with it mm -hmm. and then turn mm -hmm. and walk right up to a teller and put it in my bank account. Oh, now we're thinking. <laughs> now we're thinking. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And the thing that I would write on a wall in blacklight paint would, like, almost certainly just be, like, the numbers, but I don't know how relevant, like, like how that would work if I was actually writing it on the actual hatch, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I thought you were gonna say something like, watch Lost, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense for you. Yeah, it will <laughs> definitely be Lost-related, or, like, my favorite thing to doodle is, like, the little Harry Potter glasses, so maybe that, too. That's oh, awesome. that's cute. Yeah. I like that. Or, or follow at Robin E. Jeffrey. No! <laughs> <laughs> Pretty like, much oh. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, is this an excuse for clout? <laughs> is this a plug? <laughs> <laughs> Theevictionados.com. Oh my god. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Apri when you get your own username wrong. <laughs> you need to write it on the wall so you don't forget. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Appertania, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And if I was going to do anything on the wall fully, it would probably be, like, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Except that I don't have a good Twitter. What would I Your Twitter is good. What are you talking about? Mm. Honestly, I would probably write a drill tweet on the wall, because my favorite drill tweet of all time is, I will face God and walk backwards into hell. And I just think that's an incredible <laughs> quote. Okay, good. Thanks. <laughs> and our guest this episode is Selena! Yay! Yay! Thank you for having me back. Yes! Oh my gosh, you were so wonderful the last... I think we had you two episodes in a row in season one. Yeah, I think you were right. It's so long yeah, ago. So. Forever ago, right? Probably yeah. like over a year, I think. Oh, that's crazy. I was so surprised, like not to like call myself out, but I completely forgot that I had said that I would be on this episode. And I assumed <laughs> like you guys would be on episode like like season five by now. So you were like, do you want to do oh lockdown? Gosh. I was like, what? What? <laughs> I love that it. it's like, hey, you guys are really slow. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Well, we might be on season five if we didn't have a bajillion other podcasts. It's true. Do, you know? True. You guys do like overcommit, but it's great. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. That's like our like motto is we overcommit. <laughs> Yes. But if people haven't listened to your original two episodes, would you please introduce yourself? Okay, well, my name is Selena, and I um, am from Denmark, which is one part of the reason why you're like, what's her accent? It's so weird. And the other part <laughs> is because I have a wisdom tooth infection. So, like, both of those things are, like, equally contributing to my weird speech. And um, I am one of my many jobs that I'm doing right now is that I am reviewing the hundred uh, for hypable.com. So if you know me on Twitter, which is at Selena underscore hypable now, that changed since last time. But yeah, that's mostly I just talk about the hundred and then occasionally I talk about how much I love Buffy and <laughs> then I just make dumb jokes and I hope that people realize my dumb jokes my best joke which might be actually now that i think about it what i would write on the wall because i'm so proud of it and nobody laughed really oh, was no. when they did that like name the movie without naming the movie for lord of the rings and i wrote the second breakfast club and it got like nine <gasps> likes but i thought it was oh, so funny <laughs> i was one of those likes because i yes. genuinely thought that was funny it's hilarious um so yeah and and um 
I might also write on the wall, like just go on the picnic because I think that's a, that's a relevant yeah. on the yep. show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Who are some of your favorite characters? On Lost? Oh yeah. Yes. Well done. She <laughs> <laughs> copied the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kate is my favorite. She's always yeah. going to be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Saeed, especially in the early seasons. He's, he's a big favorite of mine. In later seasons, it's probably Jin and Sun. Sawyer grows on me a lot. But at this point in the show, I had like a visceral memory when I was watching this episode of him um, not giving the medicine. And I was like, this is why I hated you. Yeah. <laughs> so I love him later, not right now. And I have to say, I also, like last time, I am a Jack Stan forever. Like, I'm sorry. I just am. His him beating Sawyer and and at whatever poker, I was like, oh, you're right. Yeah, I remember how I felt when I was 15 and watched this for the first time. So, Every yeah. time we're mean to Jack on this podcast, I just think, oh, Selena would hate this right now. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know what? I do. I listen to you guys, and I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> people have different opinions. It's okay. <laughs> Bad. I'm like, mm, Selena would hate this. No, no, it's fine. It's so funny. But we, I always love to point out like when Jack is likable. Like Jack yes, is mostly yeah. likable this episode, which is a good oh, episode. Yeah. This is a great Jack episode. Yeah, this is a fantastic Jack episode. I'm so glad. Like I, I, I know why I'm here. It's because yeah, it's it's so good. And he has his less finessed moments, but this isn't one of them. It is yeah. funny though because I always find myself in this situation whenever I was on the Twelve Monkeys rewatch podcast that. A capital chick and uh, the, those people are doing like mm-hmm. I really like this character called Ramsey and everyone hates him and <laughs> every time like they have a guest on they just like completely hate on this character and every time when I'm on I'm like but he is sweet. he does what he does out of love and it's fine and his perspective blah 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 and it's exactly what I would say about Jack so yeah that's just I think your lot in life might be to like the unlikable characters mm-hmm. yeah and weirdly the men because like yeah. <laughs> my thing is all about like yay the women but here I am you know (laughs) this is my one exception yes um and if I could also make a uh tiny excuse about my voice I think I'm getting sick I can feel it happening so if I also sound weird that's my bad no I don't have an excuse I was in the airport for like a really long time you were like in the equivalent of like uh a hospital in that in that sense you were gonna get sick yeah it was like inevitable purgatory (laughs) purgatory (laughs) This is a Winona Earp. I sat and edited a podcast in an airport for like four hours, and then I uploaded the podcast in an airport. <laughs> it was a thing. No, you know what I would write on the wall? Sorry, just to get meta, because you said purgatory, and my mind just went off. I would write, welcome, everything is fine, and then just yeah. watch people freak out. <gasps> yes! Yeah. I love it. <laughs> That's so good. Today we have words to say about episode 217 of Lost Lockdown. So Lockdown is... A joke name, I feel like. I feel like Damon and Carlton did it on purpose. Where's the E? Put the E in there! Ow, I yelled too loud. (laughs) Got too excited. Um, But like, it's literally like, you know, people are like, man down! Yes. Except it's lock. Yeah. Lockdown! (laughs) But also a lockdown. But it's also an actual lockdown. So it's so good. It's so funny. And this is actually one of two episodes that are named with puns like based on the people who are in uh, who are the main people of the episode so there's this one which is lockdown and then in season one there's house of the rising sun oh, oh yes. right true that's fun so the broadcast date was March 29th, 2006. It was written by our friends Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. And it was directed by Stephen Williams, who is like, um, I think has the record like right underneath Jack Bender for the most 
directed episodes of Lost, I think. It's like Jack Bender and Stephen Williams are the main guys. Oh, that's cool. Because um, like one of the things that I've learned, and I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, is that they have like an A team and a B team for episodes. So sometimes since the episodes had to go out so quickly, um, the one like the A team was like one episode and then before they finished this one episode they'd have to start on the next episode so they would have to have a different director. So Jack Bender and Stephen Williams were the main guys for that. Broadcast TV is a different animal. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Be like on one side of um, Oahu and on the other side of Oahu, you know? So, yeah. Oh, the other fun fact I had about this was just it is the 42nd produced hour of the show. Yes, I noticed that. I was going to bring that up. That is such Mm. a trip. Like, how did they, how did they do this? Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, how did they do most of this show? (laughs) Um, And now Brittany is going to recap the episode and she's going to try and do it in one minute. We'll see if she can do it. But either way, she will be sped up uh, because it's funny. I can do it in one minute because I've decided to shorten these. Okay. So that I don't sound like a chipmunk all the time, even though I know I'm going to sound like a chipmunk because you're mean. People will be disappointed (laughs) if I don't make you sound like a chipmunk. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Here's the episode. In the hatch, Henry plays his favorite sport, which is taunting Locke. Saeed, Anna, and Charlie find Henry's balloon and then disappear for the rest of the episode. Jack decides to take a break from his weird relationship with Locke to play poker. Henry and Locke get locked inside the hatch and must use the power of teamwork and friendship to escape and press the button. Jack whips Sawyer's ass at poker and wins a bunch of fruit, also medicine. Charlie, Anna, and Saeed return in time to interrupt Jack and Kate flirting and find a supply drop of Dharma stuff. Oh, and Henry isn't actually Henry and he has some spleening to do. In the flashbacks, Locke's garbage dad fakes his own death to avoid people he scammed out of 700 grand. He lures Locke into his web by promising him money, but Locke just wants a dad and to marry Helen. All of that falls apart when Helen discovers Locke lied to her in order to help his dad get the money. Things are bad. Mm-hmm. See? That was short. Yeah, wow, well it. done. Good job. I did it. Thanks. <laughs> I did a basic thing. So the first <laughs> thing we're going to do is talk about the card game storyline. Um, so here is the summary for the first scene in that storyline. I love this storyline. Jack arrives at the beach and asks Hurley if he's seen Anna Lucia. She left yesterday with Charlie and Saeed. Hurley can't help very much because he's been cut out of the loop. Jack insists there is no loop, but it's pretty clear there is. Claire interrupts and asks Jack to check out Aaron, who is fine. Libby got hurt by a sea urchin, but can't get anything to help it because Sawyer has all the medicine. Jack doesn't like that. Of course he doesn't like that. Yeah. Sorry. Especially with like, I mean, he's a medicine man, right? That's the whole, that's the whole point oh, yeah. of him. It's, it, I feel like in this episode, it is so valid to be on Jack's team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Like a woman, like seriously, a woman is in pain and Sawyer is like, I want the medicine because like people will like me then. You know, like it's, it, oh my God, it frustrates me so much. It, I, I, I do have to say, it's not clear whether or not Libby like went up to Sawyer and was like, can I have some medicine? Mm, I got okay. hurt because Sawyer in the past few episodes when people have needed things he has been willing to just like give it to them so it's not clear whether or not she was like Sawyer I'm in pain will you please help me because I feel like he potentially would have considering that she had been really helpful to him when they were walking across the island and he was in really big pain she was able to like talk to him and make him feel a little bit better so I don't it is a weird like sort of sorry like like double thing because I'm sure that he would give it to her and in a way like sort of the like the 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 whole point of the story in this episode especially with Jack is that he is trying to sort of close the circle of trust like what Hurley says to him about like um the inner circle and uh and and uh, the loop or whatever he calls it and Jack is like kind of trying to keep it small he also doesn't want Kate to go to the hatch so in a way like it's fair that Sawyer is like well 
you know, he's a doctor, but I should keep the medicine because there needs to be some kind of like sharing of, of the power. But at the same time, you know, it's medicine and exactly. people sort of are dependent. Like if someone is in pain and Sawyer doesn't personally like them, you know, because it's one thing with Libby, but if it was like someone else that he didn't particularly like, would he right. give them the medicine? Would he feel like he had the right to decide who should get it and who shouldn't get it? It is a little bit of a, like a gray area, I think. Is there anybody other than Jack and Locke who Sawyer like actively doesn't like? Well, I don't know, because there's hmm. so many of them we don't really know. Like, on the island. That's yeah. definitely true. Like, Sawyer could have, like, someone could have kicked Sand accidentally in, like, onto his pants one day and he decided yeah. that was his mortal enemy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anna Lucia uh, left yesterday with Saeed and Charlie. It seems like Jack later, like, earlier in the episode, it seems like he was upset with Henry. But really, I think Jack blames Anna Lucia for not telling them. Mm-hmm. You think? I mean, yeah, like, it wasn't Henry's fault. Henry Henry had no way of knowing that Anna Lucia wasn't going to tell Jack and Locke. Okay, good point. Well, I think also probably he does, like, he does have, like, a, a bad feeling about Henry. And, of course, there was no way to really know if he was telling the truth or not. But I think it yeah. probably also was, yeah. like, a suspicion that it ended up being like he ended up being right but yeah and Hurley's like nobody tells me anything I know and it's like (laughs) because you're a leak buddy (laughs) (laughs) I feel so bad for him but I'm like Hurley it's because you're the island gossip (laughs) if I remember correctly there is an uh a quote and I can't remember if we've gotten to it or whether or not it comes in the in the future but it's like if Hurley knows everyone knows (laughs) like someone literally (laughs) says that so um of course after maternity leave Claire is like really paranoid about Aaron which is totally Totally fair. Um, Libby hurt her hand. Can't get any medicine. Um, and then I have so some freaking cute. Just and then the I way. have some uh, uh, spoiler thoughts about that. But mm-hmm. do you guys have any other thoughts on that scene? Like just in this overall plotline, I'm just so nuts about how Lost will be like, "Hey, we have huge mythology things happening in one plotline. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to play poker in the other?" It's such a good balance. It is. It's like mm-hmm. when Sawyer and Hurley spent a whole episode hunting down a frog in the first episode where we met Henry, and yeah. it was like a huge, huge, huge deal. Like, the whole B-plot of the episode was them looking for a frog, and I was like, what? They have have to do that, though. They gotta give you a break. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think that that is one of the, like, unappreciated parts of Lost, that, like, partly because their seasons are so long, so they have time Mm -hmm. for it, but also just because they never really forgot that it was supposed to be fun, you know, with television. Like, we talk about this, obviously, like, The 100 is what I usually talk about, and I feel like also with shows like like Battlestar Galactica and and Game of Thrones or, like, 12 Monkeys or whatever, like, they often forget for too long that they need to show these people just being people and lost yep. never forgot that mm-hmm. and it's, i think this yeah. storyline i was just like watching this episode because i haven't seen lost in a while and i was like this is just like so fun like the stakes yeah. are so low and the people are just like smiling and laughing at each other and it's just it's so refreshing mm-hmm. and you also get a good look at who the characters are like they're having yeah. fun with each other but there's also like a very interesting dynamic going on with jack and sawyer like they make sure to develop these characters even in plot lines that don't move the plot forward and i think modern tv like as we know it now doesn't do that Mm because it sacrifices a lot for plot yeah agreed i mean like look at westworld i don't know who any of those characters are (laughs) yeah i it's important to be able to see characters in so many different lights because Mm -hmm. like when you can watch a show and you know what a character looks like when they're upset you know what a character looks like when they're excited you know what character looks like when they're just laughing and having fun then it's like they become so much more well-rounded yeah and you can tell um better like so for example on the hundred we 
don't hardly ever see Clark having fun. Like it yeah. happens very, it, it happens, but it doesn't happen very often. So like when you see her smiling, you're like, I can't tell why she's smiling. Yeah. Because I haven't seen her have fun very often. So it's like, is she, ha- is she smiling because she's happy? Is she smiling because she's sad even? Is she smiling? Mm-hmm. Like, why is she smiling? And it's hard to be able to tell because you don't see it very often. It's like when a baby laughs and it's like, are you laughing or like, do you have gas? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going on here? Exactly like that, yeah. <laughs> No, I agree. Yeah, you get to know the characters. You get to, like, it's so important character work to show them, like, having fun. Like, especially characters like Hurley and even even Jack, even Sawyer. Like, the reason we like mm-hmm. Sawyer is because we get to see him be something other than, like, peak Sawyer. You know, yep. we get to see him when the, the camera isn't on him, so to speak. And that, like, helps so much with fleshing out that character. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, things like this make Jack likable. Like yeah. when you have yeah, true, an yeah. episode of like this, it does so much for his character. Yeah. I I remember um episode I believe it's one oh nine is solitary when um they start the golf course and yeah. you get to see Jack playing golf and he has that one moment where they're like in a really like tight cut of him and Michael being like I don't know what to do like oh this yeah. is so like <laughs> terrible and then it like yes tur- it it widens and you find out that they're literally just talking about golf mm-hmm. and it's just it's the sweetest I love. Hurley, Kate, and Sawyer are playing poker on the beach with fruit. Hurley isn't very good at it, but Sawyer is trying to teach him. Enter Jack, Mr. I-Know-All-Things, who tries <laughs> to mansplain poker a little bit. Uh, Sawyer invites Jack to play with them. Slinda's so like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's true. <laughs> it's kind of true, though. Like, he comes up and he's like, Hurley, let me tell you what you're doing. Yeah, you know? but like, yeah. he mansplains to another man, so it's not the True, it's, exactly. That's a good point. Because Kate's true. sitting here like, I know more than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jack's, like, condescension is... You know, it's equal. Equal yeah. opportunity condescension. Mm-hmm. That is a very good point. That's true. Yeah. And he's doing it playfully as well. Yeah. 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 It's not it's not as bad as it could be. And unlike <laughs> most mansplaining moments, he is correct. Yeah. You know? True. Yes. I bet four papayas. You can't bet. I just bet. You can either call or raise or lay them down on chops. Don't look at me. Lay him down, Hurley. He's got your beat. Dude, I got a killer hand here. No, you don't. But you don't even know where... You got a baby street. He's got the flush. What about me? What do I got? Hard to say, but you're just playing for the fun of it. Well, fun's not bad. You should try it sometime. The cards we get, there are two that aren't relevant, but then there is also, there is a four, uh, an eight, and a jack. So that tells you who's <laughs> you coming You gotta up. be kidding it me. It tells you who's about to walk up and play with them. <laughs> what? Yeah. This show Amazing. is on another level. Mm-hmm. And they're Dharma cards. <laughs> like Dharma um, with logo on the I'm kind of surprised you don't own Dharma cards. Where do I find one? Can I have to have them custom made? I'm so sorry. I'll do it. Um, Hurley doesn't really know how to play... Kate's saying maybe you should try fun sometime and Jack is like you know what okay because I can tell that Locke is having a full-on crisis and he really needs my help right now <laughs> so I'm just gonna hang out that's what I mean that, that's half of the reason of this like first of all Jack needed the medicine back yeah and also like I guess what I'm trying to say is like that one plot in which Hurley and Sawyer fat, tried to find a frog <laughs> didn't really have like literally any point at all but this episode and this um B plot gives us um Jack getting back the medicine um as well as Jack has to be distracted so that Locke doesn't have him yeah because Locke can't have him you know 
And they're like, hey, how should we accomplish this? Poker, duh! Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, Kate's just trying to have fun. She's just playing for fun. Is Hurley not playing for fun? No, he's playing to learn. Yeah, I think yeah, he's I think trying he's trying to win. To, yeah. No, yeah. I think he's trying to learn poker. Yeah. Yeah. And but and Sawyer's like literally trying to actually teach him, but yeah. he's just like <laughs> it seems like with the amount of exasperated that Sawyer is that they've been here for hours and he's just still <laughs> trying to teach him poker and he won't figure it out. I mean, I get it. That was definitely me learning poker. Yeah. I've tried to like learn poker like 20 times in my life and I learn it and then I immediately forget it. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I, I used <laughs> to have that memorized like five times. I used to have like how to solve a Rubik's cube like half memorized, and then I needed like I needed um, instructions for the rest of it. But like that's fully gone out of my oh, head. Yeah, I don't have that anymore. That was a really intense week when you wanted to learn that Rubik's yeah. cube. <laughs> I used to believe there was a secret chamber inside of a Rubik's Rubik's cube that had something like mad, like something special inside. And I always yeah. like I was so disappointed when I found out. Well, actually, I don't know if it's true because I've never solved a Rubik's cube. I'm gonna. Keep Keep believing like if you if you solve it it will open and there's something yeah. inside there's like a tiny room in the very middle that something is in is in there okay well that um, would make rubik's cubes way more fun i know i have i have solved a rubik's cube oh no not like tell me with just my brain but listen and i'm not saying it's not true i'm just saying that i haven't figured out what button to press okay that's that makes me feel better there you go when it is when it is the secret chamber hasn't opened yet yeah <laughs> yeah it will. Um, Sawyer calls Jack Amarillo Slim. Sawyer nicknamed Jack after this professional gambler famous for his poker skills and proposition bets. He just knows things. Is there he any pop knows, culture reference yeah. he doesn't know? Right. Like, why does he know? That Sawyer's 100% that guy who watches poker games on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, people stream um, doing um, online poker on Twitch. Oh, God, he would. I mean, Twitch fully did not exist at this point, but... No, if if it did, YouTube yeah. didn't even exist. Oh well, I guess it did. Well, what year is this? YouTube basically came into being in 2007 during the okay. Jenna Jackson nip slip, right? Because was people were looking for that. Well, this was 2004, right? Yeah, yeah this, was, canonically 2004. So there was no YouTube. This is pre-YouTube. <gasps> yeah, that's crazy. My God, that's so weird. That's what I remembered like talking about. And I remember who was on, so I can't tell you what. I feel like I think about which guest we talked about it with, and that's how I can tell you which episode it was on. <laughs> um, but we were talking about whether or not Sawyer had read all the Harry Potters yet. Oh, yeah. And he, I think he, like, had to stop after Order of the Phoenix or something, because then he crashed on a heckin' island. And then we were sad that he didn't know the ending to Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> also, YouTube was founded on Valentine's Day 2005. Oh. Okay. So, no. Nope. Yeah. No YouTube. No YouTube. But wow. if they were to leave the island, they would get... YouTube. They would discover YouTube. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> and that's a um, plot of season. Whatever. They discover yeah. YouTube. So YouTube the hell season. out of that. Of course, Jack plays when Locke needs the most help because that's how irony works. <laughs> um, because Jack is like, I'm obsessed with the button. Well, Locke is obsessed with the button, but Jack is like, I'm obsessed with controlling the hatch. I always have to be in the hatch. And then the one time that he doesn't want to be in the hatch is when Locke really, really, really needs him in the hatch. Obviously. Um, Sawyer invites him to play because he wants to beat him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. It's I Sawyer. Assume. Yeah. He's like, I just want to show everyone that I'm better than Jack. And guess what? Some, not not always, buddy. <laughs> like, ooh, I have bad news about the future of this plot line. Yeah. Um, can I move on to the next scene? Yeah. Yeah. The four of them continue to play. Kate and Hurley are out. Sawyer has a pretty good hand, but of course, the true Jack of all trades, Jack has the better hand and has now won all of the fruit. Sawyer says he'll start betting his assets just to win against Jack. He wants the medicine. Do you think that, like, I, I had wondered if Kate and Hurley kind of went out early so that they could watch this? 
Oh, you think they did it on purpose? I think, I mean, I Kate think. Kate might have. I th- yeah, exactly. I don't think her did, trying. but Kate for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He's just doing his best. I think so. I think, I think Kate might have just left the game like midway through. I think she just didn't, like, she didn't want to interrupt them. She thinks, she thinks it's hot. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> She's probably accurate. It. Like, this is just great. This is just great. Like, everyone's flirting with everyone in this, in this episode. And like, particularly yeah. Jack and Sawyer. And it's, it's just great. <laughs> the good ship joyer it is Woo! yeah yeah like literally imagine uh, imagine your otp yeah <laughs> legit literally this is why i'm kind of sad that lost wasn't made now because yeah. i feel like if the creators had seen like the weird chemistry that they have you'd be like mm, this might be something i mean <laughs> you, you say that but then you have like bellamy and murphy on another show and that's never gonna happen so maybe <sighs> so maybe in, in 10 years from that we would be there. that is my ship yeah. We deserve more for me. We life. deserve it as endgame. Yeah. The only endgame on that show is more for me now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we um, settled that here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but Sawyer had a really good hand. Like I said, I don't really know that much about poker, but like two queens is like really good. And it's just like Jack to have like the best hand you can get, basically. Yeah, two yeah. queens is okay. Like it's just a pair. Like in terms of like well, what was on the board? Does it matter? Doesn't it matter like what was on the board? Like if there was another queen on there, then wouldn't it be like yeah. better? I but don't it know depends what on what was on the board and it depends like what Jack's hand was. What was Jack's hand? Two kings. Two kings, yeah. Uh, I see, yeah. Yeah. So Dad do it. It's just like Jack. It's so simple symbolic you know like it is i remember when we were in the lost like in the thick of it and i was obviously like team jade and i was like all about that ship and i remember just over analyzing the scene and being like does it mean like is it foreshadowing you know is sawyer gonna be second best too like i had so many right i I thought everything (laughs) meant something in terms of my ship we've all been there we've all had our ships right Um, oh yeah so this was like a really important sort of to me bit of foreshadowing maybe or maybe not I racked my brain about this. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I I I'm gonna go and ahead and knows? say yes. Like well, I think that sounds right. Yeah. Who know? Who knows what what's gonna happen if it was right or not? Like yeah. Who can tell? <laughs> Sawyer also calls Jack Cool Hand uh, after the main character in 1967's Cool Hand Luke, played by Paul Newman. Mm. Mm. So Sawyer's like, here are all of my poker references. <laughs> and I'm like, did you like have a period in your life where you just watched poker stuff? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Jack is like, listen, Sawyer, I've literally won everything and it wouldn't be fair to let you go get more mangoes. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's true, right? If everyone yeah. loses all their money, it's like you can't just go get more money and then come back and win it in the same game. Well, I guess that's it. What do you mean, it? Sawyer, you're busted. I, I got it all. Wouldn't really be fair for you to go out and pick more mangoes. Well, I got a hell of a lot more mangoes. Want to play real stakes? Name them. It's a pile of fruit, man. And I want it back. Should I go and get a ruler? Fun time's over, Mongo. Won't you hit the buffet? But I want. Come on, Harley. Let's go. Leave these boys to their sandbox. One more hand, Doc. What's it gonna take? The medicine you stole from the armory. All of it. Okay, but to be fair, the classic poker thing from movies and TV shows is that someone eventually is like, "Hey, this is worth something," and then they take off a watch. 
Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Yeah. Well, that's what he's doing. He's he's betting his assets. Exactly. Yeah. But and I, I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but I gotta say, what a power move of Jack to be like, I'll come get the medicine later, and then he doesn't take the fruit. Yeah, he doesn't go grab out the food. Oh yeah, he's like, yes, well you could have that stuff back. I got what I wanted. <laughs> I didn't even pay attention to the fact that he left the fruit. Yeah, yeah, I That's noticed crazy. that too. I, that that oh, it's one of, like it's just like ultimate like Jack's sort of BD in this episode, like in a way where where, where he just he just has all the control. It's really cool. I love having fun, Jack. Yeah, we don't get to too. see him very often, but he's fun. Oh yeah, yeah. He he is so fun. I wish we'd gotten more of this, Jack. Yeah, I understand why we didn't. I think it's funny how, like, he's like, yes, uh, oh, yes, golfing. Well, I'm very good at golf. And they're like, really? He's like, yes, I'm a doctor. And he's like, oh, <laughs> poker? Yes, I'm very good at poker. I'm a doctor. He's like, pick any leisurely activity. I am good at it because I am a doctor. And then he can back it up. So it's yes. like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, totally. It is great, though. Yeah, because he does, like, so often Jack. Like, the problem with Jack is that he's so cocky and he's so, like, he, he doesn't want control, but he kind of assumes it anyway. Or I, yeah. I guess he does want it, but he doesn't want to want it if that makes sense so mm-hmm. he does like come off so entitled sometimes so it's just it is nice to sort of have him every once in a while prove that he can sometimes live up to that like you know like when he yeah. says he's good at something sometimes it's actually true he can yeah. genuinely put his mangoes where his mouth is yeah <laughs> right <laughs> and i know that i've said this before but like i genuinely do love jack like with my whole heart i do love jack and and it's because, like, when somebody who's already seen the show is like, ugh, Jack's the worst. I'm like, am I right? But if someone who, <laughs> who hasn't seen the show or, like, doesn't like the show says that Jack's the worst, I'm like, excuse me, that's my friend Jack? Yeah. <laughs> and that's not nice. It's the epitome of that's only okay when I say it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's my very flawed and, 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 like, nice friend Jack who has a lot to learn. Yeah. Exactly. He's doing his best, okay? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes his best is just yelling, but he's doing his best. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes his best isn't very good, but it is his best, damn it. <laughs> yeah. But at least he's trying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone on Lostpedia was saying that they think that Jack is conning Sawyer, which I think is, like, which, I had like, that thought. For sure, but, like... I mean, I think he is conning Sawyer, yeah. By definition, though, because what Sawyer said the definition of a con was, especially a long con, this isn't necessarily a long con, but um, what he does say in the long con is that it is when you have an idea, but you make the person who you're conning think Think that that the idea is their idea and so jack being like i don't know sawyer this is all you got you uh, i want everything i don't know what else you can bet Uh yeah so him being like oh i'll bet this other thing what do you want and jack's like i guess i'll take the medicine <laughs> totally so yeah my my note was i love when jack is having fun but he still has an ulterior motive like jack is such a workaholic sometimes yep. that like even when he's trying to have fun he's like i can make this productive so i can i can work with this yeah kate makes the grab a ruler joke it's that is so good so iconic <laughs> yeah and they look so ashamed after they're like oh that is what we're doing yeah <laughs> yeah like, oh, okay Kate's like, should I grab a ruler? And everyone's like, oh yeah. But she's like, okay, but like, should I? Because I would. I'm I'm a little curious. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little curious, but also Sawyer is the one who would have all the rulers. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> true. She's like, can I win a, a ruler back from you? Yeah. <laughs> but it is nice though as well because like in this episode where it is 
Yeah, it is Jack and Sawyer's dynamic. Like, it really doesn't have anything to do with Kate, which is also nice. Like, it actually, yeah. like, all my my shipper theories aside, it is actually really refreshing that they get to have a dynamic that isn't just about Kate. But I do love that, that while they're busy trying to figure each other out, Kate just has both of their number, like, so easily. Mm-hmm. Like, just on the sideline, it's not a big deal, but she yep. knows, like, instantly what they're actually doing. Yeah, she's there, and she's also having a good time. Yeah. Which is nice. Nobody's nobody's really that upset this episode yeah. like in that storyline, you know? Sawyer, like, loses a bunch of things, and so he's like, meh, but ultimately, like, he was having a fun game and wasting some time, which is all you can really do on this island. Yep. Yeah. He's like, well, that was entertaining for a day. Yeah. Um, Sawyer calls Hurley Mongo after a mm. strong, dumb character from the 1974 movie Blazing Saddles. Sawyer, I don't know- What? I don't know yeah. anything about this movie, but the fact that it doesn't say that the character is that <laughs> on the last hey, media thing is like a step for sure. forward. <laughs> Is like, the character fat? I don't know. I didn't look it up. Finally, not a fat joke. Who knows? But isn't just... it kind of racist? Am I misunderstanding is the word? Is isn't it? it like? Isn't it? Isn't that a, a racist slur? It isn't Danish. What is it? it is? Oh, is it? I've what never heard that before. Danish? Well, it's it's like um when when you like you have a physical disability that like changes the way you look. Oh. And then it's like a really derogative term for that, but that might not be the same in, in English. Yeah, I've no. never heard of that. Okay. Well, then Sawyer was super rude in Danish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that we have here, you that on here specifically to tell us that. Like, <laughs> that was awesome. Um, Jack doesn't choose the guns because he's a doctor man and he thinks he can get the guns back whenever he wants. Oh, my he's God. He's probably right. He's probably right. He is so And right. I don't remember, but I'm sure he does. <laughs> you don't remember? <laughs> I mean, like, Sawyer takes the guns so many times throughout the series that it's like, I don't remember how he got it back this time. Oh, yeah. You know? Just part of their little rom-com. Yeah. You're like, oh, you got the guns again. I'll get you next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jack and Sawyer play Trivial Pursuit for a bit. <laughs> they talk about Thailand and high school and tattoos. Sawyer is just trying to distract Jack while he cheats, but Jack catches him. So Jack says that he learned to play in Thailand. And they talk about his tattoos as well. So this references... No. Well, it's going to happen in Stranger in a Strange Land. It's in season three. It is known as the worst episode of Lost. Do you guys remember when you first watched this and you were like, ooh, this sounds so interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I hope we learn about it when Jack was in Thailand. I wonder what this cool backstory is going to (laughs) be. I remember yeah. watching Stranger in a Strange Land and being like, that was such a waste of my time. Yeah. Such yeah. a waste. Like, in Lost, they're usually so good. Like, like Sawyer makes a little pass. Like, he was like, oh, I, I was in Tallahassee, blah, blah, blah. And that mm-hmm. turns out to be, like, also explored in a really cool way. Yeah. But sometimes, like, them trying to, like, paint by numbers does kind of fall flat. And I think that was probably yeah. the, the worst example. Yeah. And, like, call out post to Joe Garfine, who was like, Stranger in a Strange Land is actually a pretty good episode. And I'm like, no. I don't know if I believe you, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> but but good on her for for trying yeah exactly. yeah and for having a completely different opinion about yeah. it yeah. it's like when yeah. we had someone on here who didn't like sun and i was like what <laughs> yeah people have completely different opinions from yeah. what i expect and you know what cool yeah yeah, yeah. I think the point that Joe was trying to make was that the flashbacks still sucked, to be clear. Mm-hmm. The flashbacks are hot garbage in Stranger in a Strange Land, but the island storyline was okay. Island and I'm so- like, yeah, I remember them being pretty, pretty I'm okay. Like, yeah. I guess I kind of remember the island storyline, but the island storyline isn't good enough to make up for the flashbacks. 
So that's why it's yeah. still bad, you know? Yeah. yeah. So respect either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Sawyer also says that he dropped out in ninth grade, which tracks for him. And I, I didn't think, I didn't believe that. Why? I don't know. I just feel like he at least, oh, I guess that is high school for Americans, isn't it? That's high school for me. Is it like right before high school? Yeah. For for people who don't live in Red Deer, like <laughs> junior high was, well, was for me, Catholic was- schools who were who were weird like that. Yeah. So like I went to public school. Mm-hmm. So did I. In Edmonton. Oh. And our junior high was seven, eight, nine. What the heck? Our junior high was six, seven, eight. I know. That's why I said Red Deer was weird. Selena, what about you? Well, we ninth grade is the final grade. Like in general, we have general school and then we have high school. Like, which is only, I think, like, three years. Oh. Oh, So we have ninth grade, and then you have, like, an option of doing 10th grade if you're not quite ready for high school. But you can leave school after ninth grade, and you still have, like, an official education if you pass your exams. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay, yeah. So he dropped out in ninth grade, so he went... So from my perspective, because my high school was 9, 10, 11, 12, um, he, like, went to high school, and then halfway through ninth grade was like, bye. What did he go do? Probably went and watched TV to learn all these pop culture references. Started conning people. Yeah, started conning people. Yeah, probably. So what he's doing is he's trying to cheat by talking to Jack, like by by making him by distracting him basically by by speaking so he wouldn't look down at his hands. But and how great is this? Jack is like, you're talking to me way too friendly. Like, <laughs> sorry, but but isn't this just like proof of such excellent writing? Because they're doing this where they're using him trying to distract Jack and the audience mm-hmm. by having him talk like this supposedly really like pointless talk, but it's actually like incredible great like introspective of the characters and also foreshadowing of like future storylines mm-hmm. and it's also like yeah a way to distract us from what he's actually doing and jack calls him out on it which is kind of like a small like revelation for the audience as well it's so good it's genius i didn't even yeah. think like I-, I feel like i didn't even expect that because you don't even think about that but like jack mm-hmm. knows sawyer yeah. yeah jack is like i know that like this is the one that has the most stakes because it actually has like something behind it that he's gonna try and cheat because that's who he is and so he's watching for it. Yeah. I love when Jack just smiles. I like, know. He's like He's like, I sh- well, I, I had to try. And Jack is like, <laughs> and just like, hee hee. And I'm mm, like, yeah. <laughs> Give me your best shot. <laughs> Guys, you have really good chemistry here. Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> Everyone on the beach is watching Jack and Sawyer's friendly showdown. Sawyer basically admits he had gonorrhea to Jack's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jack majorly bluffs and goes all in. He go- he knows Sawyer can't back down because of all the people watching, so Sawyer calls him and loses. He'll get the guns when he needs them. That uh, was a major bluff. Sawyer could have had a better hand. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I have thoughts on this. How do you just admit section. to having gonorrhea in such a public way? Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> That's so brazen. So what he said was that he knew what amoxicillin was, and then he was saying that he lo- used to be in Tallahassee and something was burning and it wasn't the sun. Okay. I'll call you with the aspirin and raise you a bottle of amoxicillin. Do you even know what amoxicillin is? You may have been to Phuket, Doc, but I've been to Tallahassee. Let's just say something was burning and it wasn't from the sunshine. I'm all in. That's a move, man who wants me to lay it down. You're not gonna lay it down. I'm not, huh? Why is that? Because there's a bunch of people watching us right now, and you don't want them to see you lose. Again. And so I went and Googled it, and I went, like, amoxicillin, what does it, like, what does it, what does it treat? Yeah. And 
it was like it treats gonorrhea and it treats lots of it treats lots of things but i singled out gonorrhea because, because it's sawyer well in um and in last season he had said like when jack was like trying to figure out what was wrong with him but it was literally just that he needed glasses do you remember this <laughs> yes and then and then he was like have you ever like had sex with a prostitute have you ever had an std or whatever and sawyer like in front of kate because jack was just trying to embarrass sawyer basically like said that he had had an std so i was like oh great well so there I had, like, is gonorrhea and then i googled gonorrhea to see what the symptoms were and burning <laughs> It was gonorrhea. Well, you know what? I I knew about amoxicillin from friends because, and I was trying to figure it out for the longest time after because the word, like it rang a bell with me because it's such a specific word. And mm-hmm. I had this like female voice in my head going, what do you need amoxicillin for? And I was like, where is it from? And I was like, for the longest time, I was like, and I didn't know how to spell it. So I couldn't look it up. And I was yeah. like, but what is it? Like where? And I was laughing. And I was like, maybe it was friends. It's like this random episode in, in like a later season when i think it's like ross and he has like a date and she goes she like looks into his closet and she's like what do you need a maxillin for and like the audience laughed and me like a danish person having no idea what the joke was <laughs> and it just it bothered me for years so it was great like to finally know but that was what it was <laughs> the truth i think i can picture that that was what it was yeah yeah i yeah. it's that girl that ross randomly brings home to make rachel jealous after they've had the baby yeah right? and she's like overly clingy yes yeah. oh it's my god one. yeah yep I'm like, oh, it, it stuck with me because of the way she said, like, what do you need a moxicillin? You know, like, <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Also, oh, Sawyer. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Oh, Sawyer. Um, did we know that we had binoculars? Hmm? <laughs> I don't know. They have binoculars, <laughs> and I don't remember us Lena's knowing dying. that we had those. She's dying. Sorry, no, I'm <laughs> just dying <laughs> quietly over here. Let's keep talking about binoculars. It's like, I was going to edit it out, Brittany, but. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I did not know that. I don't think we yeah. Did. I don't think we Listen, some things just appear for no reason. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever things appear, we're just like, yeah, um, the hatch. Yeah. Yes, oh, sir. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's really helpful though for writers. Mm-hmm. You can just be like, oh yeah. Yeah, anything could be in that hatch. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh has said he had an STD and is a known medicine for gonorrhea. There you go. Um, Jack knows that Sawyer can't lose because of people watching. Jack knows who Sawyer is, and I appreciate that. Yep. Jack was fully bluffing, says he'll get the guns when he needs them. I wish this was the Jack we always got. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. This is like where Jack's cockiness is actually very endearing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because he can like he can back it up, but that's it's funny with with characters, isn't it? Because there are moments like this that to me that's who Jack is, and so whenever mm-hmm. he's like douchey, I'm like, yeah, but but remember that time he was nice, like that's who he really <laughs> yeah. is. But people who don't like him are like, sure, he was fun in this episode, but like usually he's such a douche, so that's who he really is. Like, and it's kind of the same with Sawyer. Gotcha. You know, there are moments you can point to and be like, he's clearly a jerk because this. Yeah, but there are moments you can point point to when he's not. You know, it's, it is interesting. Yeah. I think. Well, like this is the Jack that we get like when there isn't really anything wrong you know like yeah. the jack that we get when he's a jerk is mostly um when he's under like very because he panics and gets yeah big stress mm-hmm. yeah and everything so i definitely agree i think that this jack golf jack like this is this is this is the real jack it's me. like who he would be if he didn't have to deal with the island yeah and that also means that like jack is like a complex dude like it you can't mm-hmm. just pigeonhole him into one role like we definitely make jokes where it's like jack Jack's like this mansplainy jerk, but then he has moments like this and you're like, okay, he's not. It's just yeah. that he's being a mansplainy jerk right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's like the characters in Lost like aren't perfect. It was sort of like one of the first shows to like have a big ensemble cast and let them all have good and bad sides because 
there's no one on the show who like is 100% good 100% of the time like not even Hurley you know who's usually the people people the person people talk to as being like perfect yeah but he's not like none of them are perfect and Kate as well like she has so many flaws and that's what makes her great exactly I think yeah yeah one of the other like characters that I think of when people when like when you say like which character is like ultimately like 100% good Rose and Bernard come to mind yeah but we we're about to get in a few episodes here an episode all about Rose and Bernard yeah and and we even see then that they are more complex than just a happy couple who love each other Mm -hmm. you know right yeah exactly and it's also which they are but there's more they are yeah there are so many things and they're also like you can get into the whole like us versus them like my our people versus other people and how like their priority is always themselves you know Mm -hmm. and each other which is interesting as well libby is another person that comes to my mind but there's more to Mm -hmm. her as well Mm -hmm. yep there's definitely more to echo i think that's like it's a great commentary on i mean i think it's obviously accidental commentary but where we are right now Mm -hmm. where like we demand perfection from everyone and if you're not perfect then you're a monster and like Mm -hmm. that black and white type of thinking is also how we interpret media these days and that's what like we've been trying to do especially on this podcast is be like that's not how it works especially in Mm -hmm. terms of like loving or hating characters you can hate them for specific reasons but you also have to see them as well-rounded people you can't cherry pick like specific events to condemn them for and then ignore the things that they've done to redeem themselves Mm -hmm. yeah or at least like you can choose to judge people by certain things but then like i was saying earlier like you also have to accept that other people see other things exactly totally you know like some people might say i hate jack because of this one thing he did which was unforgivable to me and another person might be like well yeah but he did this thing which i value higher like that's it's one of the most interesting things about shows like Lost is that they kind of invite you to pick characters that you like and then like stick with them exactly and see the show from their point of view and then they switch the point of view obviously that's like the point of the show oh and it's so good it challenges you and I love those moments because like that's what you're supposed to do as people you're supposed to have different opinions yeah I'm taking a picture for our Instagram story (laughs) saying smart things good kitty it's because Kobe is sitting right next to the mic because he wants to be part of Aww. the conversation. What does he have to say? Is he a Jack fan or lot? You like <laughs> Sawyer? Do you fan? like Jack or Sawyer, Kobe? He, he likes Sawyer because he and Sawyer have the same chaotic energy, mm. <laughs> and they are both shellfish. You know what? It's funny because I am a hundred percent a cat person, but I think that Sawyer is probably a cat and Jack is probably a dog. Completely agree. Jack is yeah. such a dog. He oh. is such a dog. Yeah, yeah. In, a, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not in the the man way. (laughs) Yeah. He oh he totally is because he's like he's loyal but he's also kind of unassuming but at the same time yeah and he barks at people he doesn't like exactly totally, yeah whereas Sawyer is very finicky like a cat yeah mm-hmm. that's that's Kobe that's Kobe Jack's heading back to the hatch and Kate catches up with him she asks to use the shower but Jack lies and says that the plumbing is broken and he'll, but he'll walk her back to the beach oh, and then they're interrupted because they were always interrupted have you noticed this I know you're not like Jade shippers but if you were Jade oh fully shipper, you would notice that every time they're about to have some kind of like meaningful relationship like development they're interrupted oh yeah it's like a meme yeah i have a lot you know what i I have a lot of sympathy for like belark fans because i feel like this happens to them too oh it totally (laughs) does i remember i remember how it felt when it was jack and kate and it was harsh they have like the same thing like going on with 
me continually watching Star Trek, but it's like it's the same energy where it's like the writer's like, oh, not yet, and I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm frustrated. It's yeah. so frustrating. It starts to feel so forced. I think at one point it's like it's gin all the time. Like every time it's gin. <laughs> Obviously yeah. not this time, but it is really annoying. But it is also super cool because in Lost, like one of the best parts of Lost was when like groups met each other. Like it happens every once in a while, and I know this wasn't like a big separation, but it's just so cool whenever like two groups of people they meet randomly when they didn't think they would yeah yeah and they're like what are you doing here yeah like, what are you doing here <laughs> spider-man also, that, meme that gin thing 100 you know is a fanfic trope yeah i'm like, sure it is yeah you know it's like oh it's always gin yeah i don't remember reading fanfic for the show but i'm sure i did and i'm sure that was a trope yeah it seems familiar it just seems like something that would happen in I yeah. don't know if I didn't really like modern day AUs when they exactly. were all teenagers and whatever <laughs> high school AUs, coffee shop AUs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is Jack keeping this from Kate specifically? It was a thing last mm. um, last episode when he was telling Son that she should tell Jin the whole truth, and Kate like kind of looks at Jack a little bit because she can tell that Jack is like keeping something from her. Mm-hmm. So it's like been a multiple episode arc, even like even if it's very very small, that Jack is keeping this from kate specifically they choose to tell anna lucia before kate Mm -hmm. am i am i misremembering this is after the episode where they kiss in the jungle right like the horse episode yes this is after that yeah yeah because i i'm pretty sure like again and this is one of jack's less fine trait but i think he's just being petty and annoyed like you know angry with her still because there is a long period of time when he just kind of begrudges her lying to him and keeping secrets and he kind of wants to like do the same to her than she did to him uh-huh. yep and i think this is probably just like a continuation of that right. and she's trying to like mend fences with him because she knows what he's trying to do you know and trying to shut her out and she's trying to like play nice with him again i think that's probably right i'm pretty sure that's what's happening because jack's like you know to be like fair in terms of criticism jack is a fairly petty man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like, for he sure. will hold yeah. a grudge for a long time. Yeah. yeah, it's like one of his defining traits. Yeah. Is his ability to hold grudges, yeah. So that would actually make perfect sense. And it's also like Jack does have this thing where he's very protective of Kate, like, yeah. to to his detriment. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it could be that he's keeping her out of the loop because he's like, oh, it's Kate. Like, I must, you know, keep her from getting this information. It is dangerous for her to know these things. Like, as far as I can keep her away from danger, the better. And it's like, oh, buddy. Yeah, I, um, it's just like, I'm I'm wondering what the thing like what would change if Kate knew I don't think anything would change oh that's a good point I don't think she would tell anybody like she's good at keeping secrets we've seen her do that before like Kate could be told and everything would be the same so I'm not sure it's just interesting that he's like keeping it from her specifically and that's why I think it's so funny like I I I put this last scene obviously in the other storyline but like the point in which Kate is down in the hatch and like we're all like oh my gosh because Saeed is like this is what I found out about you you're not a good person blah 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 and it's this huge thing but like when you look at it Kate is like her face looks so confused she's never seen this man before and also Saeed is like we saw you had a balloon we followed your map we did this we did this and Kate's like this is the first I'm hearing about any of this which is kind of weird because like 
her everyone how is it that everyone knew but kate charlie knew charlie knew but that's why i think like i think you you're both right like i think it is a combination of of jack sort of his overprotectiveness and then also his pettiness because and it's kind of like i'm sure it's not an intentional parallel but it's kind of like you know when helen leaves Locke because he lied to her mm-hmm, you know yeah. like that like not the story itself but the fact that he kept it from her is what drives her away and i think it is it is kind of the same to like jack was genuinely really really upset with Kate and he doesn't want to to let her in on on what's happening because of that because you know he still feels like up, like that upset upsetness that's mm-hmm. not a word you know what i mean yeah um so i think it is probably is a combination of that and then also him sort of she's out of his circle of trust not yeah. because he doesn't think well maybe a little bit because he thinks he can't trust her but also just because she was out of his um, yep. yeah so i think that's probably what it is yeah you're totally it is totally that she's out of the circle of trust yeah it's interesting like last episode, um, Anna Lucia had been like, Said, I need to tell you something. It's about, you know, beep boop in the hatch. Well, you know, it's a secret. And beep boop. Yeah. And Charlie was like, oh, you mean the dude down there? And it's like, if Kate doesn't know and Hurley doesn't know, Hurley's the leak. So how does Charlie know? You know, like did Said mm. choose Charlie to, <laughs> to yes. confide in? Because they, they were the ones who were hanging out. Like, I just, I'm not sure how Charlie would have found out and and Kate and Hurley didn't but I don't I don't think that's something we're supposed to look too far into and anyway. yeah I just love the idea of like some side plot where Saeed decided to confide all of his secrets to Charlie and Charlie's like whoa <laughs> that was too much yeah. um Selena I'd love to hear your thoughts about Kate saying that she's glad that Jack beat Sawyer yeah <laughs> oh my god how many hours do we have no um I I th- you know, I it was. Hmm, I do actually have two conflicting thoughts on this because a part of me, the little shipper teenage girl who was so obsessed with them, is really excited because I genuinely think she means it. Like I think she, a big part of her, wants to merge Sawyer and Jack into one person and just take the parts of them she likes best. Totally. And I think a part of her is does want Jack to step into a bit more like of a Sawyer role in a way, so him sort of getting the upper hand and having this victory and also just getting the medicine like I think genuinely and knocking Sawyer like on his ass it has as much to do with with Kate kind of wanting Sawyer to lose as it wants as it is about her wanting Jack to win Um, and I think she does like she likes to see him happy I think she does want to reconnect with him but I also think that Kate is smart and schemey enough to know like just as she was like do you want me to get a ruler like she sees right through them she yep. knows that she can get back into Jack's good graces and she knows that by complimenting him and by flirting with him a little bit and by sort of ensnaring him not like in that way but just to spend time with her that she can and it's it's something she does like because she wants back in his good graces but it's also something she does because she wants him to want her back into her good graces like it's always like there's always more than one uh, motivation for Kate I think and yep. part of it is is selfish and part of it is not selfish because she's not a, a completely self-serving person um, so yeah I think it is a combination of, of those things for her like it's genuine but it also has a ulterior motive exactly and I mean the yeah. human part of Kate would be like 
hey, I don't want my friend to continue to be mad at me. Yeah. You know, at the very least, like, all, you know, romantic relationships aside, it's Jack was one of her first friends on the island, and him sort of keeping yeah, her at arm's her length. He was her yeah. first. Hurts her feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the concept of, like, Kate loving Jack and loving Sawyer, because mm-hmm. she does. Mm-hmm. She does, yeah, um, for sure. And kind of wanting to merge them into one person. It's so true. It's so true because here's the thing is it's like you look at Jack and you see, you know, he's a doctor, so he makes money. He knows what he's doing. He's very smart. He can do this. He can do that. But then it's like, but Kate is a criminal and she... <laughs> she values like people who can get what they want Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. it's like then there's also Sawyer who has who has more in common with her and yeah and has better banter with her and everything so yeah I think that's really interesting I think yeah and I think I used to I I used to say and I might even have said this last time I was on the podcast that like to me when I'm watching and I'm sure I made it deeper than the writers meant for it to be but I always felt like when I was watching the show for the first time that Kate was sort of torn between Jack and Sawyer because they represented kind of like her past and the future she wished she could have or like Sawyer was kind of the worst part of herself but the true part of herself and Jack mm-hmm. was like the best part of herself and the aspirational part of herself right but I think it I think it is more complicated than that like I, I think that like merging the two of them both of them are her you know mm-hmm. like both of them represent like parts of her that are true and parts of her she wishes were true and parts she wish she didn't she what is the word doesn't <laughs> that's the word yeah. doesn't wish were true <laughs> yeah. um and so it is kind of a, like the reason she's so torn between them is because it's not a choice like it's not an easy choice between one thing or another thing it's like two shades of the same thing and the thing is herself exactly and what she wants and what she wishes she could be and have and it's all kind of and, and Jack and Sawyer go through their own evolutions that push them closer and further away from the thing that she needs them to be and I think it is like it is this is why relationships are so interesting because it does say so much about who Kate is you know and who she wants to be and who she wants to be with because of what they bring out in her exactly it's it's very much like um expectations versus reality sort of thing Mm -hmm. where it's like she's expecting to want to be idealistic and she wants to be like you know someone with integrity and I think that's like what she views Jack as but Sawyer just gets her like Sawyer understands who she is and, and the funny yeah. thing is, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. The funny thing is that in a way, like what, as they evolve in many ways, like Jack and Sawyer change positions. So in so mm-hmm. many ways, like as it goes on, Sawyer is the one who has a kind of integrity that maybe Jack doesn't, yep. you know, and Jack is the one who can tap into a kind of darkness that, that Sawyer for him is maybe a little bit more of a charade. Yeah. yeah Cause Sawyer never wanted to be that person. Circumstances yeah. put him in that, mm-hmm. in that yeah. position and he made that choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, is it a love triangle? Yes. But it's not just a love triangle. There are yeah, shows exactly. there, are, there are shows that'll just give you a love triangle, but this this mm-hmm. is much more than a love triangle, which I think is cool. Yeah. They literally did that. This is about all of their identities, yeah. yeah. They had like a straight up love triangle on Battlestar Galactica, and it was one of my least favorite things about the show. Was yeah. like they did it just to do it. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. eventually became a love quadrangle. And I was like, this just feels so forced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want something more authentic. Which is why, like, not to not to like get into anything about loss but they also really subvert that idea of a triangle and a a love square really well yeah Yeah. in a way that just totally caught everyone off guard like i think that's one of the reasons people were so excited about like a certain thing later in the show yeah it's because everyone expected it to be much more lame and formulaic than it was yeah and then it turned out to actually be like kind of beautiful and you're like oh okay yeah (laughs) 
Um, so now that we've talked about all of that, I think I see Jack offering to walk Kate back to the beach a little bit differently because I think he he's choosing to lie to her. And so he does, like it happens with Helen in the flashbacks, he lies to her face. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. after she says, like, I'm glad that you beat Sawyer and everything, you know, there's like a softness in his heart for her, obviously. Yeah. And he can't just be like, okay, Kate, I'll tell you this thing I've been lying to you about for like five days. I'll just tell you. So instead he's like, I have to offer her something because I think she can tell that I'm being like standoffish and that I'm not telling her everything. So he needs to, so he needs to offer her something soft. And he probably just feels like a jerk too. He's like, you know what? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he probably does. Yeah. I think there's definitely a, his choice there has two different agendas, Mm -hmm. which is one, keep Kate away, but also two, reestablish his connection with Kate. Yeah. Yeah, like make amends a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I don't recall because the the next episode is about Hurley, um, and so I don't remember what the B storyline is in it, um, and whether or not Kate gets a chance to kind of confront Jack about the lying that he's been doing to her. But I look forward to it if it does happen. Yeah, I look forward to talking about it. You guys have any other thoughts on that storyline? Just um, that it was. Uh, a major feature in many beloved fan videos that I watched. Aww. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> That's so wholesome. Their little smiles are just so cute. Like, there's so many smiles in this episode. Totally. I wish TV did more stuff like this these I days. I know. More smiles! I'm so sick of yes. the tragedy of it all. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like, it's not lame. It's not weak to have your characters smile and be happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, character building. We're people. That's what we do. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Robin. <laughs> Can you tell me what Patreon is? I guess. Okay. Patreon. <laughs> I hate this bit. Always sounds stupid <laughs> when I do it. Patreon, from what I understand, <laughs> is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. Thank you so much for drinking water in the middle of this bit. That sounds so interesting. <laughs> Thank you, Selena. Tell what? me more. Sorry, I thought you were going to do a monologue. <laughs> Well, we happen to have a Patreon, and it's patreon.com slash theafficionados, and our donations start at a dollar a month. That's it? Yeah, it's pretty good. I oh my say. god, what did you say that was patreon.com slash theafficionados? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> hey, wait, Brittany, why should I donate? Do I get anything? Uh, yeah, you do. You get early access to our episodes. How how yeah. early? Like, at least a day. At least? At le- <laughs> oh my god, a whole day? Or more! <laughs> or more! This is such a <laughs> and you also get um a postcard each year that I design. <sighs> and um that's my favorite part. Okay, that's actually genuine. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I love it. No I love joke. designing each year. I'm like, ooh, how do I integrate all of these? So and our year two postcard looks so much better than our year one one. Like, Thank you. They're, they're getting better and better. So Thank you might you. You, you better get up all, all up in here before November, which is when year three goes out. Oh yeah. It's gonna so. be good. And Brittany, what happens if I can't donate? Oh my god, that's okay. That's really okay. Um, Just tell your friends, you know? Word of mouth is just as valuable, oh. you know? Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. That was really helpful. Thanks. I need to go to the bathroom now. Okay, go okay, ahead. Okay, bye. <laughs> Take one tablet twice daily. Your stomach will not thank you. So no more today. Yeah, because uh, you're going to get sick. Well, I have, I've only had two since I woke up, to be clear. I slept that's just fine. <laughs> since the last one. Okay. Since, since the first You'll one. be all right. Okay. Just don't eat anymore. I won't. Uh, Dr. Kobe will watch you. Oh, thank you, Dr. Kobe. Okay. <laughs> He is useless. Uh, well, then I don't want him to be my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one available. 
available. I'm so sorry. Jack is a better doctor than you. Pro- probably. Okay. Jack Hopefully. Has, Jack has a lot of faults, but he's a damn good doctor. That's the truth. After Henry's big speech from last episode, Jack's demeanor has completely changed. Henry apologizes. It was just a bad joke. Jack tells Locke to lock Henry back up, and Henry makes another snide comment about Locke getting pushed around by Jack. Locke is not having it this time. Yeah. He was like, I'm sorry, it was a joke. It was fine. I'm like, not a very good joke, sir. Like, that's um a really weird joke to make. I mean, poor Henry, yeah. right? He just flew his balloon. <laughs> oh, wait, we already know. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I, I felt, oh my god, this was such a mind F because you knew that there was something shady about him but he was so convincing he's yeah. so good like the first time you watch this like even if you were like 99% sure that he wasn't who he said he was like that look in his eyes like just that like, gave me at least like doubt that just made this so so exciting even now I'm like I want to believe you exactly and I hate if that I can make I love a recommendation yeah so there are people on YouTube who do react reaction videos yes oh I love these <laughs> and um um, I have seen like quite a few of them. Me and my friend Maria, who um, we've had on the podcast before, like she was giving me like recommendations. She watches them too. There's only one that I really watch actively at this point. And I know this is coming out in like a month and a half. So they're probably much farther now than they are at this point. But they most recent, they recently watched Lockdown. And my favorite thing about the people that I watch, which is called Hogwarts Reacts, if you want to look at them, Hogwarts Reacts, because the girl goes by the Hogwarts. whole castle? I know, right? <laughs> the girl, that's her Her nickname is Hogwarts. So that's why it's Hogwarts React. No, just the castle itself. No, just, just the castle. Yeah. See, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, each each of them are a different house. That would be so oh, but that's not it? No, that's not it. No, oh, her man. name is just, she just goes by Hogwarts. All right. Anyway, so they, they do it. And the reason why I like it so much is because one of her friends is the one who edits it. And he's the one who's like a major, major fan. So like all of the editing is like in jokes for people who have seen the whole thing and everything. So they're my favorite reaction so far. So if you guys want to go check them out, you should. Um, but they recently put up their episode for lockdown and, um, for the longest time, you know, they're watching it and I love being able to watch people watch it for the first time, especially in these like few episodes because it's just like, is he good? Is he bad? Is he good? Is he (laughs) bad? And you think like, you think, oh my gosh, he's, he's bad. Most of the time you're like, I think he's an other for sure. Yeah. But it's like, he says so many things that you're like, I'm not sure. And then at the end of last episode, he has that big speech and you're like, oh my gosh, he is an other 100%. Yeah. I see you villain with your villain eyes. Yeah. 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 So, but then it's because he makes it so obvious. You're like, then it's probably not true. Exactly. exactly. So they were watching this episode and I think, I can't remember what Henry does, but like he, I think it's like when he looks at Locke and says like, I did this just like you. And then they find the balloon and Hogwarts Mm. the girl goes oh my gosh he's innocent yeah she's like he's innocent he's been innocent this whole time and they've done such terrible things to him and every single time like he's he's helping Locke and he doesn't leave Locke and everything she's like this man is just a nice good man (laughs) and then you get the final reveal at the end and she's like no Oh, she's like, oh no, I got it wrong. That's the epitome of I want to believe. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the point of this episode is to finally like, like at the end of last episode, they're like, he's bad. Yeah. And at the beginning of this episode, they're like, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Oh, he's, he's just bad. has a really and weird then, sense of humor. Yeah. Like, it's just so great too because, like, not to jump ahead, but like they replace one mystery like directly with another one because now it's like, did he press the button or not? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's it. That's now we're just like, but. If he's bad, 
but it stopped. Is it true? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> and I still, exactly. I don't remember is the thing. Like, because mm -hmm. it's been a while since I watched this. So I'm sitting here now. I'm like, did he press the button? Did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. did he know? It's so great. What secrets did he find out while he was over there? Uh, how much did he already know? Like, oh my gosh. So, yeah, what they're doing this episode is specifically trying to convince us that he's a very, very good person. Yeah. And then completely ruining it. Yes. I, lo I love like being... <laughs> And convince No one make fun of me for this phrase, but I love being titillated like this. <laughs> Shut up. Because this is the most fun that TV can be. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, is he or isn't he? And you're like so stressed, but you're also having a great time. Mm -hmm. That's yes. the peak of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Henry went too far this time because before he's been like, why do you let him talk to you like that? And then I think, oh, I think my God, it yeah. was the episode before last when Locke was like, I don't know. And then he left and then just like smashed all of the dishes. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, like a mild temper tantrum. And Henry was like, "Cool." Um, <laughs> but now he's being like, "I don't know. Like, why do you talk to? You? Why do you let him talk to you like that?" And it's like he's gone too far now. Yeah, especially when he's like, "Yeah." So then Locke is like, "No," and he's like, "Let's go." I think it's because like the truth just hurts way too much. Because Locke's like, "Why do I let him talk to me like this?" Yeah. Oh my gosh, I have thoughts on this later. Okay. I have thoughts on this later uh, in, a, in, a, in a scene that's coming up. All right. Um, okay. Anna, Saeed, and Charlie can't find Henry's balloon. Anna still wants to be sure. Maybe his map was a little off. Charlie calls them over to see the graves that Henry said would be there. The rain has let up only in this one spot. They look up and sure enough, a big hot air balloon with a smiley face. This is the funniest. This is like my only note on this whole storyline is how stupid it is that they, like I understand they're looking at the ground, but to for Anna Lucia to be like, oh, why is it not raining here? And then there's like a giant red balloon and they didn't see it because the camera didn't see it. And it is yes, so stupid. Yes. Like, it's such a good reveal, though. You're like, why aren't you wondering why there's a random shadow? Uh, but it is it is a good reveal, but it's also a good reveal for the camera. So very obviously that it, yes. just, it yep. pisses me off. But it's also yeah. just funny. And it's not something you noticed the first time. <laughs> no, and now I'm like, oh, yeah, that was really stupid. It was yes. so stupid. <laughs> like, why isn't it raining this one spot? I'm like, I don't think that's how rain works, especially since the uh, balloon was on a tilt. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and not even covering the grave because the grave was wet. Oh, oh yeah. Why was the grave well. wet? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, the wood of the grave was wet. And, like, it could have been a tree as well. Like, oh, my God. Maybe wind? Sure, 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 sure. I'm just making things up. But Anna has faith that Henry isn't lying. She promised him last episode that she was going to make sure. She was going to mm -hmm. make very, very sure. And she said that she didn't want to make another mistake like Nathan again. Because Nathan was Aww. dead basically because of her. I feel um, so bad for her. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, Saeed's being out here being like, guilty until proven innocent. Saeed. And Anna Lucia is saying, innocent until proven guilty. Because... If you don't find anything, that doesn't prove anything. Mm -hmm. If you do find something, prove something. Exactly. Right? So Anna can't be like, we didn't find anything. Come back and be like, that means you're lying. I mean, she's a cop. Mm -hmm. So, so like, it makes perfect sense that she's going to go and do what she sees as her job. Yeah. But, like, Saeed basically making that judgment and running his mouth and then just the absolute, cl like, clownery of, like, looking up and seeing that big old happy face. I was like, <laughs> you look like a fool and I love you so much and you are so handsome. <laughs> the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. But you are so dumb right now. Yeah. Exactly. So they searched for three hours. Saeed is like, I'm done. And you all you've done is given him more time to escape mm. and everything. Um, But I have to say, like, as dumb as it is that they didn't see the balloon, my favorite part of this scene is 
seeing Saeed's face when he does see the balloon. Because it's literally like, oh my god, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I I hurt an innocent man, like, a lot. Yeah. But this is so great about the storyline because it's like, you could do this, because it is a story about different perspectives, like, you could literally have the story just play out over and over and over again for, like, all six seasons because this is what always happens. You have to make, you don't know a person's story, you have to take their word for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you have to decide whether you want to trust someone on their word or not. And that's what yeah. all of these people have to do, really, because they don't know each other and, and they don't get to see the flashbacks that we get to see. And it is like when they yep. betray each other, like the Jack and Kate thing, like that's why it hits so hard because they have to be able to trust each other to survive together. And like, and something like this, it's just such a good, a great story because it's like Jack not trusting Henry just based on his gut instinct, Locke wanting so desperately to believe him and Lucia wanting to believe him, Saeed wanting not to believe him. Like this is all, there's no reason to believe him or not because he's a master manipulator. Yeah. But they all have to act based on their belief. And it's so, oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's also like such a great look at like how humans deal with morality. Yeah. Like you could apply this quandary to any situation and it would tell you everything you need to know about like the people in it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You could literally use this situation to talk about like the death penalty right or like exactly. criminal justice like yeah. it all works perfectly yeah. Locke is listening to music and riding the exercise bike when he starts to hear something weird he stops the music and goes to listen to the speakers they're saying something but it's super muffled Locke gets spooked yes, am I does. the only one who was like why is Locke randomly working out he's thinking <laughs> real seriously while he's doing it too yeah, yeah. he he's has nothing bored. else to do yeah exactly yeah yeah he has to keep his mind occupied because all he's thinking about is like whether or not his friends are in the middle of a trap whether or not um henry is lying to him or not yeah i said what i'm being redundant and he's taking he's taking such a big leap of faith but we know that Locke doubts more than he wants to let on so it's all it's also probably just a way for him to try to distract himself from being like thinking too much about it he wants so badly to be a man of faith and that requires him to be able to turn off like his his common sense sometimes. Yeah. And he's also thinking about whether Henry is right about his relationship with Jack. Yeah. Oh, true. That too. Yeah. Do I let Jack walk all over me? What can I do to change this? He's working off his frustration. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So what caused this lockdown? Um, he- hello. Welcome to Lostpedia. Oh, hi. <laughs> let me read out this thing that I grabbed from Lostpedia here. Um, it is on the page, which is entitled, it's entitled Blast Door Map. And um, yeah, so you can probably find it on there. I'm pretty sure that's where it is. Okay. It should be noted that the countdown timer in the computer room also reached zero during the time of the lockdown, but it's not clear if the Swans computer had any effect or control over the lockdown incident. The recording was first heard 23 minutes prior to the lockdown. So she says there are 23 minutes left until the lockdown. So that's a number. That's a number. The timer at this point had just over 47 minutes remaining. Therefore, when the blast doors came down, they remained down for approximately 20 24 minutes. At approximately the same time as the lockdown, a large pallet of Dharma-branded provisions landed by parachute with a flashing beacon close to the entrance to the swan. This supply drop appeared to be a restocking procedure and may have been connected to the lockdown. A note on the blast door map read, activity minimal during lockdown and restocking procedures. So Mm -hmm. this was the question that I asked during it was, what is the point of the lockdown then? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. 
Like, I, I'm trying to decide. What, it's like, are you not allowed to be out there during that time? Are you not allowed to, like, see the plane? Yeah. Slash, like, where the plane is going? Or, like, what's on the plane? Well, isn't that what it is? I think that is what it is, right? Yeah. Like, they're, tra- they're trying to keep everybody away from the real world. Mm-hmm. But I just, I'm not sure exactly why. Well, I guess because the hatch was kind of like a psychological test, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. But then, doesn't someone have to go up and go get the supplies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they're allowed to leave. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we can speak on this uh, until the season two finale about like being able to leave and why you might not be able to leave. Okay. But um, yeah. All right. All right. Okay. This map is so like, it is such a cool thing. Like it was such a cool because the thing with Lost that I loved was how much time you could spend. Uh, Obviously Mm -hmm. like you, you know, (laughs) how much you could spend overanalyzing everything in this map was like a treasure trove (laughs) for fans at this point. And like, it is kind of funny because I don't want to keep bringing up the hundred, but I like, it was just in my head. So, but like, I was just thinking about that too. Yeah. Like the map in the, in the credits of season six, is like it's so cool because it does sort of give you all the same sort of little clues that if you wanted to you can sit there and you could like find out so much and like I have to admit that I haven't really done that <laughs> I've been obsessed with that map but I figure they'll tell me what I need to know eventually yeah <laughs> just like with Lost really you know but because not everything is necessarily going to be relevant but with this map oh my god we spend mm-hmm. so much time on this map. Well, like, especially in the 100, there was that line where Bellamy was like, oh, we'll do the operation in one of those random outposts. And if you hadn't looked at yeah. the map, you'd be like, where did that come from? But me, mm-hmm. someone who's been staring at that map for weeks, was like, ah, finally, <laughs> yes. I know what those are. <laughs> yes. Are the outposts maybe Dharma Station adjacent? Probably, yeah. I'm sure they are, yeah. Makes sense. Perhaps. Maybe. I don't know. I, I can find a lot of things in season six of The 100 that completely just like line up exactly with yes. Lost. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah. just seeing. It's a little bit of Lost and a little bit of Star Trek. Yeah. And luckily, those are our specialties. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, the voice starts saying some more, but it's almost completely unintelligible. Henry is yelling from the armory, wanting to know what's going on, but it's not helping at all. Blast doors descend. They are big, metal, and terrifying. Locke panics, but is able to slide a crowbar beneath one of them. So that's totally not, that's not totally closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, one of my questions was, why is it so garbled? Um, and Lostpedia gave me an answer for this, but unfortunately it will have to go into the spoiler section. Damn it. Yeah. So, but I've got it here, so I won't forget. So was Locke standing there for 23 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I kind of love that idea. Probably, yeah. It sounds like something he would do. That does sound like something he would do. Like they yeah. kind of, they go, you know, the, I think it's a flashback that happens in between, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, a flashback happens. And so it comes right back to it. So it, in your mind, you're like, okay, it's the exact same moment. But but it's not. She that. just said 23 minutes. Oops. So, okay. Anyway. Okay, okay. Here's the thing that I ha- that I wanted to bring up earlier, but I'm going to bring up now. Okay. Henry says, after being like such a jerk for the past like couple days about how Jack like tells Locke what to do and everything, right? Yeah. And something that clearly Locke has been like really messed up over. Henry says, and I quote, maybe you should get Jack. Uh, yeah. Oh God. Ah, oh, he knows exactly what he's doing. And of course my brain is like somewhere else. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? But like when I was rewatching it um, today with you, I was like, why don't you, maybe you should get Jack. What a jerk. <laughs> you ever heard the phrase shit disturber before? <laughs> I know you're going to have to bleep that, but that's exactly what he is. Yeah. Oh yeah. He is. Yeah, for sure. And of course, like actually, honestly, that's like a pretty good, um, like a pretty good suggestion. Yeah. Maybe you should get Jack. Maybe you should but go honestly, get Jack. I can't get Jack right now. I'm trapped. 
<laughs> so I think that's further evidence that like we were talking about earlier now that we know that Henry is a shady man. We don't know what kind of shady man, but we yeah. do know he's been lying about things. Mm -hmm. I think that's more evidence that he had no idea what the lockdown was and he was not pretending to know. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because you could make the argument that he knew what was happening the entire time. Yeah. Because of, like, you know, clearly he was not on the plane. Uh-huh. Um, or... On the balloon. On the balloon, yeah. or, like, he came from the island. But I think it's, like, more and more evidence, especially when he reacts and he's scared and Michael Emerson does those big old eyes. Uh -huh. And he's like... <gasps> and I was like, you don't need to put that performance on for anyone. No one's watching you right, right now. Right, You really don't know what's going on in here, do you? Like, I wonder if it's part of a thing, like... For example, I had been listening to one of the other podcasts I listened to. It's just, it's a general podcast. It's not really for any type of fandom or anything. But um, one of the hosts was saying that he used to be in a mascot costume. And someone had asked if when you're in a mascot costume, do you smile for pictures? They can't yeah. see your face, but do you smile? And he said, yeah, of course I smile. <gasps> oh my God. Was this um, Dear Hank and John? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I just listened to that too. <laughs> yes. Um, but he was saying, yes, he does smile for pictures. And I mean, for me, like, as someone who has gone through acting school, and like, obviously, Michael Emerson is a fantastic actor, but Henry clearly is also an actor in some sort of That's way. That's true. Even if he yeah. hasn't gone through, like, specific training. If you want your voice to sound surprised, you gotta have your face look, yeah, look surprised. Yeah, true. So that might be, that might. Okay, fair if enough. If I can ruin your theory, potentially. No, I like, no, I like learning those things. Yeah. Like, fair enough. So, I don't ruin know. Ruin it. Okay. <laughs> Let's go cry about it later. Do you guys do that thing, not to like, get too like, sidetracked, but do you guys do that thing when you're looking at pictures of someone, you like mimic their facial expressions? Because yeah, I do totally. that. I'm so bad at that. When I'm watching a movie, I like, I do the faces and I like catch myself doing it and I'm like, stone face. Oh, no, I 100% <laughs> do that. because Especially because like, I'm trying to be out here acting. Yeah. So when I'm watching movies and stuff, I like my, my I like, try and, and do the facial expressions they do. I can't watch, I shouldn't watch things in public. I do <laughs> it unintentionally. Yeah. Like I, and I will actually do it enough that I incorporate those facial tics into my own like mm. personality. Like yeah. there's a specific way that Jillian Anderson smiles mm -hmm. that I have felt like my lips doing and I'm like, well, hello? <laughs> Where'd that come from? Who am I? But yeah, definitely when I'm watching something. Yeah, I do. Okay, so good. This, this scene <laughs> is very short, but there's a lot in it actually. Um, Henry is asking what happened, but Locke is denying everything. So Locke is saying like, oh, nothing is wrong and everything. He doesn't want Henry to know that he's floundering. Mm. Right now, Henry work. thinks that Locke is smarter than Jack. He wants to be in control, yeah. Yeah. He's trying to tell Locke that he thinks he's better than Jack. And Locke doesn't want, even if everyone else thinks Jack is smarter than Locke, this one mm. person thinks that Locke is smarter than Jack. And yeah. he doesn't want him to change his mind and think that, and think differently. So he wants to, secret, secretly, he wants to impress Henry. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, so true. Yeah. It's so tragic. So I thought it was really interesting just with that little thing of him being like, what's going on? And Locke saying, nothing, nothing's wrong. There's a lot of subtext just in there. Locke's pride is probably his biggest downfall. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that. I just think you can see it even in um the flashbacks is Locke is a very proud man that was made a fool of mm -hmm. and he then goes back like goes back to the man that made a fool of him because I don't know there's something in my brain that just kind of tells me that he chose to help it's I I know that, like, the character's name, but in my head, the first thing that pops into my brain is Garbage Dad. Um, Anthony Cooper? Yeah. <laughs> garbage Dad. 
name of show. I think- That's literally the name of the show. <laughs> exactly. I think because of what Anthony Cooper did to Locke, like, made him who he is now because he made such a fool of him that now Locke is, like, gonna grab onto any type of pride that he can find because he had it taken away by Anthony Cooper. I think that's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I think that's what I think. I think that's what I'm saying. Okay, who knows? <laughs> Locke has exhausted all of his options and is forced to admit to Henry that they are stuck. He asks for his help. Henry says he'll help as long as Locke agrees to protect him from Saeed and anyone who will try and hurt him. Locke agrees. Mm-hmm. So he finally has to tell them, tell him that they're stuck. Um, and he and he has to ask for help, which is like mm. a major no-no for someone who is very proud. Yeah. Like you were just saying. Like, I don't want to do that. We're locked in. What? These blast doors came down. The whole living area sealed off. I can't get out. Did you try to pry? Yeah, but I couldn't. Maybe, maybe if the two of us... You want me to help you? Yeah. And if I do help you get these doors up, then you're just going to lock me back in here, aren't you? That's right. Then I'm going to need your word, John. I'm going to need your word that you won't let your people do anything to me. Well, if you're who you say you are, then what are you worried about? Things have happened to them. Things that I have nothing to do with. But they've got no one to blame, except for me. So I'm going to need your word that you'll protect me. No matter what. Is Locke not, ner- like, worried that as soon as he lets out Henry that he's gonna hurt him? Like, how much does Locke believe that Henry is actually a chill dude? I mean, I think he, like, it is kind of like what you said before. Like, he wants to believe that Henry is who he wants him to mm-hmm. be. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, because he wants to believe that he has the upper hand, you know? Yeah. And he wants to believe that he wants, <laughs> Locke wants a friend, you know? Yeah. Like, a part yeah. of him desperately wants Henry to be the 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 guy who can look up to him and help him and be his friend and be on his side against Jack you know like it's so much of this is is Locke's sort of self like lack of self confidence like yep. coloring his his perspective and sort of impeding his perspective a little bit you know so I think and and I think as well when he does let Henry out it's because he doesn't have a choice mm-hmm. you know he just has to go on faith it's very much the devil you know yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. well yeah he doesn't have a lot of allies that are like specifically his allies no, you know yeah. like like Saeed is his ally because he and Saeed had um that moment like in one of them when Saeed was like Locke will you help me basically torture this man and Locke was like sure you know yeah. so you know chill Bonding um, just little bro things <laughs> and so Saeed is his ally but Saeed is also Jack's ally yeah even yeah. though they, he went against him that one moment like Saeed is definitely Jack's ally as well and Saeed is enough of an, an independent agent that he can't really yep. be anyone's like second you know like mm-hmm. people try to make Saeed their like their soldier in a way and Saeed has too much independence to really be that exactly yeah there's a lot of characters that are like in the middle of Locke and Jack and don't really Mm -hmm. have like a specific side and any one of them Locke could like pluck out of there and be like will you help me with this and they'd probably help him but Jack could do the same thing Locke doesn't have someone who's like specifically on Locke's side and I don't know if Jack even does well I think it's because Locke and Jack are the only people who see the sides 
Right. Everyone else is like, I'll help whoever needs help right now because we are a group and we're in this together. Yeah. Locke and Jack are the ones who are forcing people to pick teams. And then when they don't, they're like, well, who's my ally? And it's like, everyone and no one. Yeah. And that's your fault. Right. But Locke think, like, sees Henry as a potential person who could be like his specifically exactly. because he has antagonized you, Jack to him. You know what this, like, completely randomly reminds me of you know the halloween episodes of brooklyn 99 yes yeah yeah. yes whenever like they pick like there's two obviously jake and holt are like lock and jack yes (laughs) and they pick their teammates but secretly like half of the the other characters are doing their own heists yeah it's kind of like that where it's the two of them and they all want they both want saeed on their team but saeed is like secretly on his own team and you know nobody picks kate because they both think she's going to betray them for the other because she's obviously amy oh my god i could keep going there's probably like an exact correlation but i'm not gonna get into it here but someone else can do that for me literally i was like oh (laughs) yeah okay so like saeed is rosa right (laughs) yeah saeed is uh what's his face uh terry oh oh yeah duh yeah you're right i think charlie is charles Ana lucia is rosa yeah charlie Charlie charles Charles. (laughs) or hurley is is hurley is charles yeah Yeah. Yeah. hitchcock and scully have to wait maybe hitchcock and scully are hurley and charlie (laughs) either way either way the the other point that i was uh going to uh, bring up at some point was the fact that Locke thought that uh his ally was boone Yeah. yeah he had boone and uh, then he killed his ally. Yeah, I was gonna be like, mm. but I also think that if Boone hadn't been hanging out with Locke all the time, and like there was one day in which he wasn't hanging out with Locke, if Jack needed help, Boone would have helped Jack. Yep. You yeah. know, like Boone didn't see himself on Locke's side. He didn't think there were sides. He thought Locke was his friend. Yeah. And a and so. mentor. He wanted a mentor. Yeah. 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 Like so. no one on that island except for Locke and Jack thinks that they need to be on teams. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. True. Like, hello, we're stranded on a uh, supernatural island. Do we really need this right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do we need, like, that? that's, it's funny that Jack goes, like, from one sort of pissing contest to another one, isn't it? Yeah. Like, between Locke, Jack and Locke, and Jack and Sawyer both have these rivalries. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that, but he totally does. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, like, is there any male character on the show that, like, really, like... He- Jack totally gets along with and he doesn't even totally get along with Saeed that often like he and Saeed are often on other on, on opposite sides as well yeah the closest he has really is Charlie right where are, where are Jack's dude friends but Charlie. does Jack get along with any oh yeah Charlie yeah Charlie is sometimes and sometimes early uh, yeah, yeah, okay, sure. yeah you're right that's it's Charlie true, true. so Henry is fine with being locked back up but he just doesn't want to get hurt anymore which is fair yeah i was like "Hmm, yeah so i have a question now that we have learned that henry is not who he says he is and that he almost certainly i mean we can say now it is an other does Locke have to keep up his end of the deal now does Locke have to keep him Mm. protected and not beat up anymore even because he did help him he helped him but he he lied the entire time yeah Yeah. oh that's a good question Mm. i mean in a way like no because he's not like he 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 promised to help henry and it's obviously not really henry right but at the same time like it's probably he is probably henry is probably counting on the fact that he made Locke made a make a promise and then like he could potentially try to guilt him into still helping him because he I helped even, him as well. That's the thing. Yep. He yeah. kind of earned it, didn't he? I even feel like Henry might even be like, you know what? You found me out. It's okay. But like Locke might be like, Locke might feel like he needs to help because um, cause he made a promise and he made yeah. a deal and he did help him. Like mm-hmm. Locke being a man of his word. Yeah, that is important to Locke. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I've never thought about that before, but yeah, wow. Yeah. So Locke has to, before he can agree to it, he has to open the door and like look him in the face to see if he believes him. 
Yep. And of course, Henry is so good at acting that yeah. Locke believes him. Why would you believe that yeah. innocent face? He has just had these <laughs> big eyes that you could fall into. Yeah. Uh, Locke and Henry get a weight bar under the door. They pull it up and place the toolbox underneath. Locke thinks it would be a good idea to then try and slide under. The toolbox buckles and Locke is pinned under the door. Henry grabs some weights. This is so painful. To relieve the pressure, but Locke's leg is stuck now and they're going to need to press the button soon. Like, hello, the thing crumples like a loon every time. Every time I feel it. Oh, it's horrible. I was like, you may as well have stuck a pop can under there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What makes you think that that's good enough? It, like, it's a toolbox. You know how friggin' flimsy those are? They're not made of steel. Yeah. They might be made of steel. But not What are toolboxes steel? made of? I don't know. <laughs> Alexa, <laughs> what are toolboxes made of? Here's something I found on Wikipedia. A toolbox is a box to organize, carry, and protect the owner's tools. They could be used for trade, a hobby, or DIY, and their contents vary with the craft of the owner. Did that answer your question? <laughs> no. Thanks for your feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wait. Let me She's like, screw you, dude. Oh, it's made of think- feedback. What are toolboxes? Oh my gosh. I'd never heard an Alexa voice before. That sounds too much like Ally to me. Oh, yeah. Isn't it creepy? It's so creepy. And she listens to us, metal. too. When we talk about certain brands, she will listen to what we're saying, and then we'll get them advertised on our phones. No. Yep. Most tool storage systems are painted steel, but some are stainless steel and aluminum. Damn it. Hello? Damn it. <laughs> Hello? Lemonade. It's been a week, okay? I'm having a hard time. It's okay. Robin, stop! But okay, so either way, it wasn't gonna hold up like a stone iron door. No. Locke, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? No! And then he sticks like the most precious thing to him in the world under it. His legs. His legs. legs. always his legs. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Henry who can help even with his injured shoulder. I know. And he Mm -hmm. really does like the most for Locke. That's the thing is Mm -hmm. that he could have let Locke die there. Yeah. Why didn't he? And he doesn't. So like, why is that? Because he doesn't. Okay, here's the thing. Here's here's here it is. He he expects Anna Lucia to come back and be like he's real because mm-hmm. he expects it to be Anna Lucia. He knows that Anna That's Lucia right. um, has faith that and like is especially after what happened with Nathan needs to make sure that it's true. So she goes out there and she finds it and she makes sure it's true. What he doesn't expect is for her to have brought Saeed. Saeed's yeah. the yeah. one who's like, I still don't believe it. We need to dig up this grave. He doesn't expect them to dig up the grave. He expects them to come back and be like, Yep, he's a chill dude. And then, and then he will have Locke, who's going to protect him. Locke, who now trusts him. Locke, who's going to potentially convince everyone to let him out and hang out with them now. What a failure of ego! He didn't. He, he didn't, didn't expect think Saeed. far enough. Yeah, which is gonna be something that that character will probably dwell on for quite a while. If he had just run, if he had just, I mean, depending on whether or not he feels like the button needs to be pressed or not, mm-hmm. because who knows what happens when the button is. Not yeah, because it's pretty clear that he point. had no clue. Then he could have pressed the button if he was going to do that and then left. Mm-hmm. He could have just gone. Be like, I'm outie. And he's probably going to think about that a lot. And it's just like, if I had done that, I'd be free. Hmm. Yeah. But instead, I'm in even more trouble than I was before. Although, um, even though he can help with his injured shoulder, I'm not sure exactly how many days it was. I could look, but I don't think it matters that much. Like, maybe four or five. Things heal very quickly on the island. We already know that. And this thing with Locke's leg also, honestly, gets healed pretty quickly because things get healed pretty quickly on the island. At least they're on a supernatural island where you can accept that that is a thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, not all shows, they're just like, yeah, it's healed now. And you're like, 
why. I'm like, Kane's femoral <laughs> artery was cut two episodes ago. <laughs> I will never get over that. Yeah. Oh, never go under things like that. Don't do that. Yeah, no. Don't ever do that. No. No. Please, God, no. That's what a Roomba with a camera attached to it is for. That's the solution <laughs> that I have come up with. Um, and of course, he's using this as an opportunity to gain John's trust, which he does. Yeah. Which he 100% does. Good job, bud. But then it gets ruined. When you're still rooting for the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys ever just like mourn that show that never happened with Terry O'Quinn and Michael Emerson? Oh yes. my gosh. Like Lock and Key or whatever Two it was called. Emmy winners. That would have yeah. been so good. Yeah. I'm still waiting for it. Like a part of me still believes. Yeah. Yeah. I genuinely. Still friends. Michael okay. Emerson tried to get Terry on Person of Interest a couple times mm-hmm. and the schedules yeah. never worked, but he would have been so good on Person of Interest. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> They both can just do anything. Best buds. And especially together. They have, like, incredible chemistry together when they're acting. Oh, yeah. For anybody who can't listen to the spoiler section because you're watching episode by episode with us, don't worry. This is not the last you're seeing of those two. And they're amazing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Locke is telling Henry all about the button and how important it is to press it. He tells him to get into the vent in the pantry to get to the computer room. Henry tries but falls and knocks himself out. I don't know if I buy this. As you do. <laughs> you don't think you don't think he's knocked out? Well, do you guys think he actually like was knocked out or do you think he used this as a good opportunity? An opportunity for what? I thought it was I thought it was a trick because mostly mm-hmm. because it was so stupid. Exactly. I don't think he would like go up and like thaw knock himself out. Like why? It's so ridiculous. Why would he do that? To give himself yeah. an out. What do you mean an out? <laughs> yeah, like, but I he- think it was probably like fake. Like, you know, like when you're little and you wanted attention, so you walked into a door and you fell down. <laughs> yeah. and you were like, I'm passed out. And then like no one noticed. And you were like, ah, ah, or was that just me? <laughs> I was like, hey, Selena, so uh, what went on in your childhood? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I just wanted attention. <laughs> no, fully. I did that. One of the biggest fights that my sister and I have to this day is the day that she... When we were teenagers, well, younger teenagers, we, she kicked me and I overdramatically pinwheeled down the hallway <laughs> because I could see my mom behind her. And uh-huh. I knew that Lindsay was about to get in trouble. And then Lindsay turned around and looked at my mom in the face and said, what? I didn't kick her. <gasps> <laughs> oh so I got all the sympathy for my dramatics and Lindsay got all the trouble for lying. Mm-hmm. And so exactly. Great. Yeah. So, so a happy ending. I'm definitely not <laughs> saying that I disagree with you guys Kay. because I'm kind of on the fence at this point. But like, what is the point other than like, I mean, it's just Locke. So like, what's the point of knocking himself out? Why? Why would he do that? Well, because he didn't want to help him. Or not, or pretending to knock himself out. At that mm. point. Like he didn't want to, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll see. I think for this specific character, one would hope that maybe Locke would reveal even more than he already has. If if he's there was like, less time. Yeah, if he thinks that like he's literally on his deathbed. Okay. Now that I'm looking into it, it would make no sense to fake it. It's just that this character would do something like that. Right. I think no, I do think so because he's it's like a game he's stressing Locke out. You know, yeah. like if he what was he about to go do? Was he about to go press the button, right? Yeah. 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 And that like it, it if he had done that at that point in the countdown, Locke wouldn't have been stressed. Like he wouldn't have gone into that situation where Henry could be like so integral to helping him. You know, so I think it I do I would make total sense to me it, it was all a ploy to like to to manipulate Locke into being super stressed out. Yeah. That's definitely Thank true you. because he, if he wanted to stress Locke out in that way, then he could just like go to the computer room and then just do like a fun little jig and a fun little dance on the other side of the thing, just waiting for it to go down to zero just so he could like annoy Locke. Um, yeah. But a fun little jig and a fun little dance. <laughs> Let me tell you, picturing that is incredible. Yeah, he's a little leprechaun man. 
But he doesn't get to see it if he does that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he wants to see it. He wants to see you. Yeah. Like, mm, I want the tea. Yeah, definitely. All right, fair enough. Okay, cool. So Locke is telling him everything or he won't push the button, question mark. Um, Henry already tried to get out. I don't blame him. Uh, yeah. 100%. What does it do? <sighs> We're not exactly sure. And you push it? Every 108 minutes, yeah. How soon does this alarm go off? Very, which is why I need you to go up through the grate and into the vents. Grate's bolted shut. I tried. Yeah. There's another grate in the pantry. You can get up through there. Take the vent into the dome. Maybe we should wait. Oh, we can't wait. It's going to go off any minute. I trusted you, Henry. Now you got to trust me. That button has to be pushed. Okay. What do I do? Once you're inside, you'll hear the alarm beeping. Then you just have to enter the numbers. Four, eight, 15, 16, 23, 42. And then you press execute. It has to be exactly those numbers in exactly that order. And you... Four, eight, 15, 16, 23, 42. I got it. Go. Locke knows about the pantry vent because of Kate. Earlier in the season, Kate used the pantry Oh, that's right. Um, vent to get to the computer room. So he knows that that is a thing you can do. Only five minutes left and Henry is knocked out. Oops. Uh-oh. And Locke is heckin' stuck. Yeah, and I would actually, now that I'm like, hmm, but if Henry faked it, then he doesn't know if he's gonna die there or not. Doesn't know if he was gonna die there or not. If Henry was gonna yeah, die Yeah, he not? would be like, why would you fake it and potentially risk missing the button? Yeah. Oops. And I do think that... For spoiler reasons, Henry does know what happened, like whether or not the button is real. Yeah. I feel, I'm pretty sure he does. Uh, so Henry wakes up, gets himself into the vent. The one minute alarm begins to go off. Beep boop. So. That's what the one minute alarm sounds like. Great. Beep boop. Beep boop. Just like, you know. Great. I don't think there's much to add about this that we haven't already spoke about. So we'll just keep going. Spoke about. Spoke about. Spoke about. Henry has put in the code, but the lights go out and a black light comes on. Locke sees a map on one of the doors and tries to memorize it as well as he can. The doors go back up and Locke pushes himself to the computer room looking for Henry. But Henry didn't leave him. He sure did it. Aww. So he put in the code. <laughs> Best friends. Mm. And of course, I mean, the big question is, did he put in the code? Yeah, that's like a big, such a cool question to yeah. leave us with. Yeah. I didn't even think I mean, about we, that. I mean, we definitely know, for spoiler reasons, whether or not he did. Because I forgot. That's what I was saying earlier. Like, I don't remember if he did or not. And it's like exactly. stressing me out. Well, don't I look forward me, to the spoiler section. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, tell me later. <laughs> but like, what? why does the black light turn on is the thing. Yeah. Why? What's um, the purpose? Aesthetic. Yes, aesthetic. It's actually when the... When the numbers run down, it's actually the secret entrance to the hatch rave. Oh. You know? Okay. And it was just, it was time, but Locke didn't appreciate that. We need to see whether or not, like, later in the season, the black light comes back on. If the, if the if clock gets too long. Oh, yeah. If too long, we have yeah, to see yeah. if the black light comes on, because I don't remember. Um, it seems like it was down for 24 minutes. Locke thinks that Henry ran away, but he didn't. I really liked the moment where he was like, can you stand? And Locke had to think about it for a second, but he spent so much time not being able to yeah. stand that he at least had to try to stand. That was such a huge moment. Like when we were watching it, I think it was Locke's instinct was to say no. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. he was going to mm -hmm. say no. And I, the thing that I couldn't figure out is whether or not he truly felt he couldn't mm -hmm. or if he was so used to saying no to that question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like the, the fandom probably would expect that he couldn't because it's it would be like an easy way. It's always his legs. Yep. Yeah. 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 But of course, like, there is a moment 
And then he says, I think so. And then he stands up and he does it. Okay, so I want to go on the Lostpedia page for the Blast Door map because, oh my god, there's a lot on there. So much in there. So I asked you when we were watching, so maybe you could just tell everyone, the purpose of the Blast Door map, we do not know yet. Yes, but is there ever a definitive answer for its purpose? There's an implied answer, but never, I wouldn't say there was a definitive okay. answer. Okay. Um, but it is definitely a map, <laughs> just to be clear. Like, it's I, not just I, a picture. Yeah, I definitely inferred that from the fact that it looked like a map. I wouldn't even say it looks like a map. I think it does. This? That just looks like a weird picture that someone made of notes. Alright, okay, like that, okay, right, right. Like, if I didn't know it was a map, I would have no idea that I was supposed to think that was a map. Yeah, I would think it was one of those, like, conspiracy boards. Yeah, exactly. And it has so much um, writing on it. I would love yeah. to see some close-ups of the writing on there, but... Um, it's also very much like, again, I don't know, have you guys seen 12 Monkeys? I don't know if you have, but mm-hmm. it's very, very good. Um, but they have, like, a big, it's called The Word of the Witness, and it's like a giant poster with all of these, like, drawings and, and words and character names all connected, and it actually is a lot like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Definitely cool. inspiration inspired, I think. Now that I'm looking at this, I don't think there's much I can say about the Blast Door map that isn't spoilers. Well, so way yeah. to go, man. The numbers are on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But there's a big question mark. So everyone remember that question mark because that's going to be important. Yes. Okay. So Kate and Jack discover a pallet of food and are found by Saeed, Anna, and Charlie who have some news. Mm. So the pallet of food is set up for the next episode. Um, I love when they do that. They've done that for the past like five episodes in which they give you like a little hint of something that's happening next episode. I love that. One of my questions was it looks like it's already broken open and I think that's just kind of like it broke in the sky. Yeah. on its way down be- so that Kate could look at it but like conspiracy I think that's how it like, landed whoa <laughs> who got in there yeah so the team is back looks like you're gonna have to tell Kate now Jack hmm. was Kate like if I hang around Jack for long enough I'll get my answers. Yeah. I kind of love that she would do that, though. She's like, well, you know what? If he's not going to tell me anything, I'm just going to stalk him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Henry tries to help Locke while Locke asks about how he made the lights go off. Henry says he didn't do anything, just punched in the code. Our friends storm in, Jack pulling Henry off of Locke. Locke tries to save Henry, but Saeed knows the truth. They dig up the grave and found the real Henry Gale. This man is a liar. (gasps) Wow, heckin' plot twist for sure. I know. So, I believe it was last episode that Locke said the phrase, my hatch. Yep. And we had talked about Mm. it, and I noticed that Henry says, your hatch. And Locke loves to hear that. Oh, yeah. I am the man in charge. He knows exactly what to say to Locke. After Henry annoyed Locke too much at the beginning of this episode, he's like, I'll do better this time. Yep. Mm -hmm. I know what Locke wants to hear. He just met Locke. He doesn't even get any face-to-face time with Locke. He just spends all his time thinking about what he's going to say to him. Yeah, and if it's such a cool, like, he knows, like, exactly, like, he he just needs to find the balance of, like, provoking him and feeding his ego. Yeah. That's all he's doing. He's trying to figure out how far can he push it in either direction. Totally. So Locke is trying to keep his side of the deal where no one hurts Henry, but he's injured. So, but he's trying, he's like, Jack, 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 like, wait, 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 wait. But like I said before, this is the first time Kate is hearing all of this. The first time Charlie is seeing him in person. Mm -hmm. Um, So Henry is probably like, who are these people? (laughs) There are more. why is that man not bathed? Okay, yeah. So like I said, he counted on Anna being like, yay, a balloon. Didn't count on her inviting Saeed. Couldn't you find my balloon? Yeah, we found it. We did find your balloon, Henry Gale. Exactly how you described it. We also found the grave you described. Your wife's grave. The grave you said you dug with your own bare hands. It was all there. Your whole story, your alibi, 
It was true. But still, I did not believe it to be true. So I dug up that grave. And found that there was not a woman inside, there was a man. A man named Henry Gale. So they find his license. He is from Minnesota, but it clearly is not Michael Emerson. Um, but he does live at 815 Walnut Ridge Road. Oh my god. So those are <laughs> some numbers. Does. Yeah. Knowing this show, Walnut Ridge Road was probably an anagram for something. I don't know. You never know with this one. Let me look. Oh no. The thing that I really liked about like Henry's ego is that logically he actually should have anticipated Saeed given his interactions with Saeed because yeah. Saeed was so obsessed with getting information out of him with proving something with like getting to the bottom of it well mm-hmm. he didn't expect like he gave it to Anna he didn't give it to Saeed he had no idea who she was going to invite if she was going to invite anybody mm-hmm. if she was going to go by herself so like if if she hadn't told Saeed Saeed would not have known okay yeah you know so he had no way of even knowing that Saeed was a part of it I'm just like you idiot Okay, driver's license. I have one of those, whether or not I should. (laughs) Should I be allowed to drive? No. Let's see here. The balloon crash occurred sometime in 2003. This assumes Gale didn't allow his license to expire and that Minnesota has a four-year license renewal period. It is an old version of the Minnesota license. The new version does not use the coding described below and went into production in 2005. So then wouldn't that imply that he's been there a while? Yeah. Well, the balloon crash occurred sometime in 2003. So it's been like at least like almost a year so incredible that saeed could still figure out that it was a (gasps) exactly oh my god the sum of the zip code equals 23 oh come on come on see this is why i don't feel bad about being like oh maybe it's an anagram because these people are nuts okay so it's clearly not an anagram i don't see anything well i took a shot anyway there's a lot about just his driver's license do you think it's like the art department and the props department having fun i don't know they're just like hey let's uh mess with all the fans i want to say no because i think stuff like this is like i don't uh, maybe they did just tell the art department just like put in like the numbers whenever you can but i don't think so it seems like a writer thing are you ready for this yeah. yeah. Although there is no Walnut Ridge Road in Wayzata, Minnesota, which uh-huh. is where it says that he lives, there is a Gale Road in Woodland, uh, Minnesota, which shares the zip code. Oh, a come Google, on. A Google map search of the zip code will reveal Gale Road. <gasps> come on. On the peninsula south of Wayzata on Lake Minnetonka. Okay. Who... D- who d- the attention to detail is just above and beyond. I don't know if any show could ever touch this. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you haven't seen 12 Monkeys, but... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'll stop. No, it's, it's amazing, but it is also like, at what point does it become like too much? I guess it isn't too much because we can still talk about it now and think it's amazing. And it's like, it's not as in your face. It's like, yeah. it's there if you want to find it. It's there if you want it. But yeah. if you don't want it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Uh, his smiley-faced balloon is a tribute to the Watchmen comic book series. Damon Lindelof favorite. Of course, Damon uh, Lindelof course. is now making a Watchmen series. Well, that's right. So happy for him. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I do not think that it is a nanog- is All an right. anagram. Well, I took a shot. I don't see anything about that on here. Henry license isn't him. Okay, talk about um, the face that he makes at the end. You had thoughts on this. <laughs> I just love that he goes from like 
the body language is sort of so Henry looks down is and is confused but when he sort of transitions into who he really is the chin comes up and it's just like a very sort of look around like oh okay I I don't have to keep up this persona anymore I am the one in power here mm-hmm. and it's just like mm. it's such a great choice yeah I just I love my glimmers so much. <laughs> and I love this character so much because he drops it immediately. Yeah. You know? How was he to even know that his character was going to be, was going to go on for so long? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just actor dedication, right? I love that they ended with this um, shot of him, but I kind of wish that maybe not at the very end because I like that that is the end, mm-hmm. but like right before that one, I would have loved to see Locke's face. <gasps> he would have been Pikachu yeah. meme. Yeah. <laughs> Pikachu meme. <You're> like, <gasps> no. <laughs> Poor Locke. Yeah. Oh, I do I do feel really bad for Locke. Oh, he looks like such a clown. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He's Boo Boo the Fool. Yeah. Do you guys have any other thoughts on that storyline that aren't spoily? No, no, just how cool it is to see yeah. the two of them. Mm-hmm. And how bad I feel for Locke. Yeah. Locke. Alright, flashbacks. Locke is packing for a picnic for he and Helen, including an engagement ring he's hiding inside a napkin. It's a special surprise for Helen, so she's not allowed to help. She goes to read the paper. She likes to read the obituaries because they are always so nice. She recognizes a name. Locke's father, Anthony Cooper, is dead. (gasps) (gasps) That's a plot twist. Yeah. So she reads the obituaries because they're always nice. And that immediately made me think of that one obituary that went viral recently, which was a complete, like condemnation of this woman who was like an absolutely like terrible abusive mother and they were like you know what we are not gonna let her rest easy i'm putting it in her obituary oh my gosh like oh my god is a sock a good hiding place for a ring no no but you know what is even worse is that like i was watching this episode and he just takes the ring out and like waves it around and she's there like right behind him i was like she's gonna see What are you doing? I was like, that's far too brazen. What are you doing? Yes. But maybe if she had seen it, then she would have said yes. How did you feel about the ring, Brittany? I was surprised at how big the rock was considering, like, Locke's job, I guess. Well, it does say he's the owner, Mm. which I didn't actually notice ever before before, um, this rewatch. I never noticed that it said that he was the owner of the of the company. All right. Okay. Fair enough. I was just like, I was shocked at how big that diamond was. Mm-hmm. I'm sad that he had to quit it to yeah. go and work at a box company because he lost the use of his legs. Yeah. Mm. He was cl- they were clearly comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. The obituaries are the nicest part of the paper, which honestly, I don't think I really ever think about, but I guess that's true. Yeah. Cause Except he was like, I one. think it's the funnies. And I'm like, have you read those? Most of them are pretty dark right now. So what did I do to deserve this? What? In a fella. Take his girl out for a picnic lunch just cause? Fella? That's right. Fella. So where are you taking me? <laughs> I'm not telling, so just quit asking. Can I be of any help? You just read your obituaries and drink your coffee and I'll take care of the everything. Don't knock the obits. It's the nicest part of the paper. No one ever says anything mean about people once they're dead. Mm. Now here I am thinking the funnies are the nicest part of the paper. Uh, I have a question. I have an answer. Who wrote Anthony Cooper's obituary? Anthony Cooper. He, himself, yeah. <laughs> For sure. You know how I, it would be. Like, why is that not a question? <laughs> <He's-> like, <laughs> 
you know what is even even funnier? Like, obviously, he wrote it himself because he wants the mafia, the very stereotypical mafia, to think he's dead. But, yeah. you know, it's also, like, interesting because I still don't get, and I guess we'll get to that in the episode, but I still don't get if he wanted to lure John back in or if that was just a coincidence. See, that was also one of my questions, is I was like, why are you choosing Locke for this mission? Yeah. Clearly, you have totally wronged him. Why would you choose Locke? Why would you trust Locke with this? Because Locke's easily manipulated. I just wonder if he had been like, I'm going to put this in the paper and see if anyone shows up. Right. And if and whoever shows up, clearly they cared enough and maybe they'll help me. Yeah, because like if he did put it in the paper for Locke, then it's like a really, like, then he's a man of faith because it would require yeah. him to either know that Helen is like obsessed with a bitch Aries, which is like a very particular hobby that she has, or yeah. like he would just have to assume that maybe Locke would read it himself. Yeah. I think I think Locke showing up was just a lucky opportunity. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, and then he was like, cool. Yeah. Yeah, because the the obituary in the funeral was really more to trick the mafia. Yeah. And when he saw Locke, he was like, Oh, okay, that's an easier way for like me to get what I need. So did he say they were the mafia or are they just criminal people? I don't know. I just went with what Selena said. Didn't he say the mob? Didn't he say that? I think so. Did he say that? I think so. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm the stereotypical one. No, I'm pretty sure he did say that. Let me look. Uh, I mean, considering how stereotypical the modern day mafia is right now, mm. me calling out the mafia, I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. I'm only saying this because I'm pretty sure that Donald Trump thinks he's a member of the mafia. <laughs> and all the crimes they commit are very obvious. He said, I killed myself off because there are two men out there who were going to beat me to it. I took them for $700,000. Retirement con. I put the money in a safe deposit box, but these two guys may be sitting on the bank to see if I show my face, which is why I need you to go in there and get it for me. Man, I would have gone for a cool million at least. So he doesn't say what they're from. He just says he stole from them. All right. And he stole it so that he could retire. Not enough. Man- $100,000 $100,000 isn't enough? Yeah, but think about, like, <laughs> think about what's ahead of him. The 2008 financial crisis. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. Locke and Helen arrive at the cemetery for the funeral, of which they are the only people in attendance. Locke does, however, notice a silver car and two men a few feet away who are staring suspiciously. The priest performs the service and asks John if he'd like to say anything. Locke says that he forgives his father. The car drives away. He can't hear him, but it's very, uh, <laughs> but it seems like very, what am I trying to say? I don't know. It was like a coincidence, I guess. Oh, I think the thing that like, it's so human, but when I saw that there were only two people, even though I know Anthony Cooper is the worst human, I was still sad. Yeah. <gasps> oh, I just thought of something sad about the spoilers that I have to add into my notes immediately. Okay, you're a demon, but okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is sad. Oh, boy. Oh, no. I know what it is. Ah! I know what it is. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> I need to rewatch this whole show. I think I only know what it is because I rewatched that scene recently. Well, we'll see. Oh, because Emily was watching it. Yes. Yep. She was finding out. Nope. That's too still too spoilery. Never mind. They had to post this. Their, they had to postpone their picnic for this guy. Ah, oh, if they hadn't postponed their picnic. That meant their picnics on this show. She would have said yes. Locke would have had an entirely different life if he just hadn't had that, if he'd just gone and had that friggin' picnic. If she hadn't seen that obituary. Now I'm sad. Yes. Yeah. I'm sad. Let people have picnics. A good life. 2K19. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Life's better with picnics. (laughs) It's so So true. So whose body is in there? Whose body is in there? There's probably no body in there. It's probably empty. You think? Yeah. You think the priest was like, yeah, that's fine. I, maybe he paid the priest off. Maybe. Or maybe. I feel like this. Like who put that there? This whole operation probably costs so much money. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it was all like set up. That's why he needs his 700k. But it's like at the same time, it's like a funeral, like a casket alone costs like 10 grand. Right. So he blew all this money to get 700 grand. I'm like, congratulations, you lost 50 of it on a funeral. (laughs) But like, what is what is more work? Like hiring some dude to play a priest and getting a casket in like a random cemetery or like finding a body and like torching it up and giving it to a morgue and hoping that they don't match the prints and you know like what i mean like i think yeah, i okay, feel like yeah. this is the easier of the two options yeah. if i was gonna You're fake right. my own death <laughs> like hmm, have you thought this through <laughs> yeah my whole spreadsheet of possibilities selena are you okay <laughs> no i'm in so much pain <laughs> So, obviously, this is about Anthony Cooper, so Locke is already, like, kind of weirded out about it, but, and he sees these two guys, and he sees that silver car, and it's like, in any normal day, you'd be like, cool, two guys who are mourning somebody, and in a silver car. Why is he so paranoid? Because they look so stereotypically like bad guys. Yeah, yeah. They they were like, hey. Like, they're clearly criminals. (laughs) Cast guys who don't dress up properly for a funeral and have tattoos. Right, like, they're not at the funeral, that's the whole point, right? Or even to be at a graveyard yeah on one hand of like the great actor scale you have henry um gale and on the other hand you have these guys those guys yeah (laughs) i would stake out my own funeral too (laughs) if i if i sure i'm I'm upset because this is literally a plot line in the show leverage where sophie Devereaux, like literally she's like who wouldn't want to hear their own eulogy I'm like that happens at the end of like the Fault you're in right Our stars. at the end of what the Fault in Our Stars oh when he when he's I mean spoilers for the Fault in Our Stars but like when he's gonna die because he has a terminal disease mm-hmm. and so he has his funeral before he dies that, I like so that, that. to be there and yeah. in Friends Ross Geller actually fakes his own death <gasps> too right. oh my goodness it all comes back to Ross doesn't it <sighs> and then no one came and I was like yeah that makes sense. <laughs> Okay, how do you guys feel about the moment where Locke says that he forgives his father? Oh, sad. It's heartbreaking sad. because he did in that moment. He really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like this guy just ruins his life. And it's it's almost even sadder if it was just like if it wasn't planned for it to ensnare him there. If he was really just there by accident mm-hmm. to let his dad go and move on with his life. And then his dad is like, aha, another chance to scam my son. But like just because he was there, he wasn't even special yeah. enough to make the scam for him it was just because he happened to be stupid enough to go there to mourn him (laughs) that actually hurts because that's probably exactly probably exactly what it was oh my god it's everything about this is so terrible and then like from helen's perspective like when we saw her earlier in this season um in Locke's flashbacks like that was the whole thing is it's like you have to let go of your father you have to choose me or you have to choose your father and she understood why he kept going there you know like yeah they had both had to go to like i think it was like anger management classes or something Mm -hmm. like that because they have had they'd had so many issues and Locke just keeps going back to his father and it's like it's a mental thing like he just he just can't let it go no and i mean that's usually jack's thing is not being able to let things go so that's interesting but it's been years yeah it's been years and he's let him go he they go and she's so proud of him because he says i forgive you and now it's like it's over it's done we can move on with our lives will you marry me yes of course yeah because we're it's over we're we can continue on with our lives and then it's like they just go right back and so when she shows up and she says how dare you like we were we we were over you we got past this it's so sad yeah yeah 
I mean, I do. It's also, it's so hard. Like, I remember at the time when everyone was, like, wondering if Helen, like, was some kind of plant, you know, in some way. Oh. Because I do think, I think her, like, her leaving Locke is so harsh. You know, yeah. like, I understand, in a way, it's the whole betrayal thing. But, it, I mean, you can also, you have to understand it from his point of view. Like, that's yeah. his dad. Yeah, like, he wants, and she must. He's been looking for him his whole life. She must understand that at some, like, like basic point, he wants to, he wants to, like, he wants an apology, you know, mm-hmm. and he'll do anything. And he doesn't, he's ashamed. Like, he doesn't, he tells, he even says it to Helen that he's ashamed, you know, and it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is. It's not because he wants to keep a secret from her or that it's some addiction that, well, it kind of is, I guess, but, but he just wants, like, he doesn't want her to know because it's some part of him knows that he's being scammed again, but he wants so desperately to believe that. And like, you would think that she, like, I know the story needs her to go, but you would think that she would understand. Yeah. In Deus Ex Machina, in, which is the first time we meet Anthony Cooper, Locke gets a taste of having like an actual father and an actual family who loves him and that's all he's ever wanted and so he gets a taste of it and then it gets taken away so cruelly i mean i assume he's told helen all of these things and so i mean if i was helen i'd be like listen i cannot say yes right now because i'm really mad but can you ask me in a couple weeks after we've talked about this yeah Yeah. you know but i i like i like you said i understand narratively that she had to leave yeah yeah um Locke's business a home inspection business has been hired to inspect nadia's new home It's all up to code. As he walks away, Locke notices that silver car again and starts to approach it. It's Anthony Cooper. He's not dead. We wish he was, but he's not. So you had um, an interesting thought about what Locke says to Nadia. Yes. Okay. So first of all, the timeline of Nadia. Um, What's really cool about Nadia, and if you guys want to hear more about Nadia, you should check out our interview with Andrea Gabriel. She is so cool. Mm. And she has lots of awesome Nadia thoughts. It is spoilers so you're gonna have to see the whole um show before you listen to it but she knows what she's talking about so you should definitely go and check that out but um the timeline of nadia basically is like she was in like in solitary in season one is the first time we see her and she's um being held hostage and stuff then in the greater good in season one we learn that she has left like that's when um saeed went to australia to try and find her Mm -hmm. and then he got he was on Oceanic 815 because he was flying to California where Nadia lives to find her. I feel like the most unrealistic part of this is how quickly immigration goes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was a refugee, was she not? Was she? Wouldn't she have been? I guess. I assume so. I stand by what I said then. Okay. <laughs> if anything, it's more true. Okay. But so that's why she's there. That's why she's there in uh, in California. Mm-hmm. She's been there for a few years. But so he's a home inspector. He owns his own business, which is very cool. Um, And he says, you and your husband, which is presumptuous. Mm-hmm. She says, I do not have a husband. And he doesn't really say anything. He just like hands her the paper or whatever. If you do that, you're supposed to say, I'm sorry. It's called manners lock. <laughs> Locke, if so, if you if you assume someone has a husband and they say that they don't have a husband, you should say, "Oh, I'm sorry for assuming that." That's Instead my- of just being like, "Lol," and then just I know continuing <laughs> off with your life. I don't know. I just think he should have apologized. I don't dock Locke any points or anything. No. I love Locke, but um, I do think that that was missing from this scene. Mm-hmm. That's like my favorite thing to do to people is like when they assume, "Oh, well, you know." It'll, it, I think my favorite thing anyone ever said was, um, "You should learn to cook so that you can make your future husband happy oh, one day." No. And I was like, did you throw bold a, of you a, a saucepan in their face? <laughs> I wish. But I was literally like, bold of you to assume it'd be a man. <laughs> like a real cartoon, sort of like just smack them over the head with it. <laughs> like Rapunzel style? Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly that would be like good. That. I, you know, looking do. back, I actually do wish I'd done that. Yeah, right. But instead, 
like I sent them into a, a like a homophobic panic, which was great. <laughs> but you know, bold view to assume. <laughs> Probably yeah, good that, that your first instinct you like wasn't like violence, but judging free zone. No, but like, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I just I feel like this is like we were talking earlier about how Locke and the lost <laughs> lost and Jack, ah, <laughs> yeah. Jack and Sawyer. Like that bit of exposition was so great. And this just wasn't that great. Yeah. Yeah. This was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. We need this information in there somewhere. How do we do that? Can you imagine flying someone out to Hawaii just for like this, that maybe 30 second scene? I know. Like for Andrea, she was just like, okay. That's so much money. <laughs> get on plane, go to Hawaii, shoot 30 second scene, go home. Yeah. What's very cool about Andrea and Nadia is that she is one of the only guest stars who is in every single season. Oh, oh cool. She has very small scenes in season two and season three, a very small scene in season four. I think she has a couple scenes in season five. And then like we see her in season six. And of course, you know, that's not even spoilers, really, because like with all the flashbacks and stuff, you never know what the heck happens to people. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's very cool. It's a very cool fun fact about Nadia is that she's in every season, which is cool. I like that. Yeah. So his uniform and his truck say John Locke owner. So he started this company himself, I guess, after working at Costco. I love Costco. He works at Costco. I love Costco. You remember that? Yeah. So Anthony is alive and stalking him. Okay, Brittany, you had thoughts about um, him walking up to the car. So he looks over and he sees this car. And I I was watching and I was like, well, this is unrealistic until I realized he's a man. Yeah. Because if I saw someone stalking me in a car, I would get in my own car and call the police. Yeah. But Locke just like brazenly walks up to this car and sees Anthony Cooper and I was like yeah that would, that would not be for me I would be turning in the other direction yeah that's such a good point uh they hang out together at a bar Cooper knows what he did was wrong but does he say the words I'm sorry sure that's doesn't. a negative your honor <laughs> he explains that he stole 700k from this dude and he's keeping it in a safe deposit box he'll give Locke 200k of it if he'll go and retrieve it for him mm. can you go in, out in public like that after faking your own death no I mm, mean He's already living, like, a secret life, right? Yeah. Like, Anthony Cooper yeah. is is his real name or is not his real name? I forget. But anyway, like, he's... I believe it is. He is probably, oh. like, kind of obscuring his identity enough. Yeah. He's definitely gone by aliases. Yeah. Which is also spoiler thoughts. If you've seen the whole show, you know exactly what I mean. Yeah. But I do believe that Anthony Cooper is his real name. I'm pretty sure. All right. Interesting. Okay. So the things that he says is he says, I know what I did to you was wrong, but you did it anyway. And he also says, I was dying. So you're saying it was okay? Look, John, I know what I did to you was wrong. You stole my kidney. I was dying. You could have asked me. You could have just asked me. What do you want from me? I killed myself off because there are two men out there who were going to beat me to it. Oh. What did you do, steal their livers? No. I took them for $700,000. Retirement gone. I put the money in a safe deposit box. But these two guys may be sitting on the bank to see if I show my face. Which is why I need you to go in there and get it for me. Do you think I'm stupid? I want you to take 200 grand of it. It won't make up for what I did to you. 
but it's the best I can do. I'll be at the Flightline Motel. It's out near the airport until tomorrow afternoon. And then I'm gone, money or no money. And John, if I don't see you again, I'll understand. You do not, he does not say sorry. To be clear, no. he does not say I apologize or I, I'm sorry. I don't think sorry. he is sorry. No, no. I don't think so either. But it's also how to keep Locke on the hook because he knows that's what he wants to hear. Yeah. You know, he wants an apology. Mm-hmm. And Locke, like, I think in this whole plot line does what he does, one, because he definitely wants his dad's approval, but two, because I think it makes him feel good to know that his dad needs his help. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it flatters his his ego and his pride to be like, you have to come to me for something. Mm-hmm. I have the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Right. He never had the upper hand. No, never. Th- this is just an episode of Locke being manipulated. Yeah. Yeah. It's and sad. it's sad. Yeah. He says that um, he could have just asked him. Like, he, he could have been nice. Yes. He could have been nice to him for those months and then not stolen his kidney. He could have been nice to him for those months and then been like, I need a kidney, will you please help me? And Locke would have been like, sure. It's so sad because... And then he wouldn't have gone through this. That's like the thing of... of- of Anthony Cooper not even granting Locke the respect as a human being of like because he knows he can just manipulate him and kind of win you know and that's what people do to Locke they know that they can just st- stomp on him and so they do it yeah. yep mm-hmm. and like, Locke is like I'm resilient I can bounce back okay but you don't deserve this no. exactly yeah like just because you can doesn't mean you should have to no. yeah and it exactly. wears you down like eventually you know mm-hmm. yep so I think we already talked about this but my next note was would he have asked somebody else if Locke had not gone to his funeral why did he choose Locke I think we already talked about yes this. he says he can take 200k of it and it won't make up for what he did okay but you're still not saying sorry just I, I we were watching this and i was like take at least half <laughs> oh yeah like if you're gonna do this take it all and like my next note was are we supposed to think he's good now and i definitely don't think that's what they're trying to tell us no oh no no because he's just hurting other people mm-hmm. yeah you know, he says yeah i casually stole seven hundred thousand dollars from them and that's why they're upset you know it's like for all we know those were actually nice dudes mm-hmm. who really want their money back i would want my money back too if someone was like hey i stole three or seven hundred thousand dollars from you i'd be like hey i'm going to kill you yeah so i mean i get it but john could have stolen all seven hundred thousand of it because he says if i don't see you again i'll understand and i was like yeah that's what you should do i knew he never would but i was like yes let's do that oh if it was me i'd be like great you know what i deserve it (laughs) this is how much my kidney was worth (laughs) bye There you go. I sold it for a reason. Yeah. Locke opens the safe deposit box looking nervous. That's all the money. So I just, I made that its own scene just because there are a few things to talk about. Why does John go? Why does he go and get the money? Well, yeah, Um, because he wants to be needed. Yeah. He wants to be needed. He likes power. Mm Mm-hmm. He wants his dad to like him. Yeah. yeah. A lot of different reasons. In the $700,000 sounds nice. In the end, he specifically says, like, I didn't do it for the money. I'm like, well, no, he, he might have done it a little bit. And yeah. But I don't think so, though, because I think, like, if no? he really wanted... I think the, the, the only smart thing here is not to get involved because it's still stolen money and they're literally, like, yeah. shady dudes trailing you in their car. You know, like, mm. it is... Locke is making himself a target and it's not... Like, it's it's always going to be dirty money. Like, I feel like nothing ever goes right yeah. if you, like, get involved with organized crime. Like, that's not a thing you do no yeah. matter how much money it is. Like, the more money, the more... Like, 
the worst it's probably going to be for you. So I think this was him putting himself on the line again because he so desperately wants Anthony Cooper's approval, you know? Yep. Yeah. You know what? That actually tells me something because I, my thought was like, what if these are just people who want their money back? <laughs> but the fact that they're not going to the police yeah. tells me something, yeah. you know? Like the smart thing to do would be to go to the police and be like, this man stole all my money. But they're not doing that. They're, they're going and they're trying to get it themselves. Yeah. So that tells us something. But the deposit box number. Oh, no. <laughs> Is 1516. Son of a... Of course it is. So there's that. Oh, my next note was where did he put the money? But we see him with uh, just a bag. I guess he just left it in his truck or like where did... I wonder where he put it. Guys, if you were collecting money that much, you know how in TV they always use bag, like those, that one duffel bag? If you were collecting that much money, what would you put it in? Mm, I would bring a backpack. I Mm. think, yeah, I think it's something inconspicuous. Mm-hmm. Not a duffel bag. Because walking out of a bank with a duffel bag oh, kind yeah. of invites um, robbery. That's absurd. I would take the safety deposit box mm-hmm. and I would walk out with it mm-hmm. and then turn mm-hmm. and walk right up to a teller and put it in my bank account. Oh, now we're thinking. <laughs> now we're thinking. Mm. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And then I wouldn't have to worry about it. Okay, fair enough. That's what I would do. Um, all right. <laughs> when you find the secret loophole. <laughs> Locke gets home and the two men from the cemetery are already there. Helen is nervous. One of them introduces himself as Jimmy Bain, and I guess, frick that other guy, who cares about him? Jimmy asks Locke a few questions about his dad and whether or not he's still alive. Locke is convincing enough that they're going to leave, but they want to look in his bag first. Luckily, it's just work papers inside, so the men leave. Yeah. Mm. I cannot imagine how terrified Helen must have been. I know. Yeah, before Locke came home. And she was so cool to them as well. Like, she's such a, like, it's again, until the very final scene, she's such an awesome person. She's so ride or die. Yeah. Like, she was prepared to get in someone's face who could probably kill her. Yeah. Yeah. And just go hard. Right. Have you seen your father since he died, Mr. Locke? Have I? Well, we were thinking possibly he's not dead and... Maybe you know that. I mean, for his son, you didn't look too shook up at his funeral. How dare you? If you had any idea what that man did to him, what that son of a bitch... Hey, 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 we were there to get past him, to get on with our lives, to let him go. Get out of here. Hey, hey. Okay. Okay. It was funny because I was like, this whole episode, because again, it's been a while since I watched Lost, and like I was thinking, like, like her, like obviously it's Katie Segal, and I was like, I know who that is, and I was like, oh, her, yeah. her face, her voice, there's something here, and then she like did something specific in that house, and I was like, I've seen that move before, and it's like obviously because it's Jake Peralta's mom and Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nine Nine to tie it all. Back oh my again. god! And I was like, oh my I god! Was, <laughs> I was literally about to be like, who would who would Helen be in the Brooklyn Nine Nine universe? I know. <laughs> And I like again. Like it's it's so funny when you go back and you don't realize like you know those those connections. So yeah, yeah. Like blew my. I had the answer all along. (laughs) I know. Like the people who make Brooklyn Nine Nine love Lost. Yeah, they do. I know it because they've had multiple Lost actors on Brooklyn Nine Nine, and um, they've had the Apollo bars on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like I know they love Lost, and I support them. (laughs) So we know that Helen did make them coffee while they were there. But like, gosh, I love how you know. If I was her, I would be terrified too. And then as soon as her, like, boyfriend comes home, then she's like, now I can be mean to you. Yep. Like, hmm. Yeah. My time has come. So his name is Jimmy Bain. And I was, like, trying to find some information on the other guy who's also with them. And he doesn't even have a Lostpedia page. Oh. Oh, the disrespect. Because there's literally nothing, like, there's, we don't know anything about him. (laughs) 
That's it. So I guess it's just all about Jimmy. But he was like, listen, it doesn't look like you were very upset at the funeral. And that's when Helen's like, are you kidding me? Mm. Like, first of all, who watches people at a funeral? Yeah. Helen stands up for him because she's a good lady. She's such a nice lady. She is a nice lady. She was great. She was the person that Locke deserved, but couldn't hold on to. Like, if, if he had done the decent thing and told her the truth, they would have been good together. Yeah. I'm sad. I know. But again, she should have, like, let, like, he needed to pl- this to play out first. Yep. Before mm-hmm. he was going to tell her. I think he was, he would have sold her eventually. Like, like the yeah. ring, he would have been like, surprise, $200,000. And my dad, yeah. like, loves me again. It's all good, you know? Well, he does say, he says, I was going to tell you, I was going to tell you everything. Yes. Yeah. And everything. He just didn't want to tell her right now because she was probably going to try and convince him not to do it. And he wanted to do it, I guess. Hmm. But still in this scene, uh, Jimmy Bain is like being like so polite, you know, but in that very sinister way where you're still very terrified of them. Um, But he's like, yes, we're very, very nice. Could we please let look in your bag? And he's like, yes, sure. And then the other guy just fully just like dumps it out on the ground. (laughs) Like, I have no respect for your belongings. So he's li- he's lying to them and then lies to Helen when she outright asks. And then my next question was, why is he lying? But I think we kind of already talked yeah. about that yeah. just now. Locke arrives at Cooper's motel to give him the money. They talk about Helen and how Locke is going to ask her to marry him. Cooper gives him his share, but Locke says he didn't do it for the money. As Cooper is trying to leave, he opens the door on Helen, who is livid. They were trying to move past him and he's got Locke spiraling again. Helen is furious that Locke lied to her face. Locke panics and proposes, but then Helen just drives off. Locke, timing timing not good the timing i know bad like i i know he panicked but god it made me sad i know it's 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 sad for both of them because helen was clearly like in love with Locke too Mm -hmm. and then it's like i wonder if after like it happened so many times it was like this is the last straw yeah she told herself it was the last straw if you keep forgiving somebody who keeps hurting you you know like they both they're both valid yeah it's too sad so um, this motel is called the Flightline Motel, and Kate also stayed here once in um, Born to Run. You remember when she showed mm-hmm. up and she was blonde? No, it's the same hotel. Oh my god, that's so cool! Yeah, oh my god, she showed up and she was blonde. She went to the bathroom. She dyed her hair brown, and she was like, "Do you have mail for me?" In yeah. season one, yeah, that is crazy. Okay, so this is another question that we had when we were rewatching today. Um, is that he gives him the money, and Cooper says, "Did you have any problems?" And he says, "No." Why does? Why would he lie? Um, oh, why would he lie? Because, yeah, well, I guess, again, because he wanted to seem confident. And it's the same reason he lies to Henry in the hatch. Right. Yeah. want him to know that he doesn't, he isn't good and can't do stuff. Like, right. he's in control. He's yeah. got this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cooper's being so nice to him. Yeah. But he still doesn't say sorry. No. Just no. say sorry. He's not sorry. He sorry, will never say sorry. sorry. But he should. He's saying how pretty Helen is. I'm like, shut up. Just leave. Yeah. Just take yourself like, Why are you talking about her? Get out. Didn't do it for the money. We already talked about this already. So why? Because he's his father? Because he thinks he'll say sorry if he gets him the money? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. He doesn't even get the money. He leaves. He just leaves the room. But he didn't want the money. Well, wait, wait, which one of them? Yeah, but he's like, like, like Anthony Cooper's like, if you don't take the money, the maid's going to get a really big tip. So oh, I guess right. the maid just got a really big tip. I'm so happy for the maid. But he didn't want the money. That's the thing. He never did it for the money. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't imagine leaving two hundred thousand dollars there. <laughs> I just can't. I know. If he, if, like, if he's gonna lose every, everything anyway, might as well take the money. I need that. My rent is so high. <laughs> Our rent is ridiculous. Just, <laughs> I need that. I think the thing that makes me the saddest. This is gonna be so freaking weird. But. The maid didn't even get that because she would have to report that to management. Right. She couldn't take it because Aww. people would know immediately, like, if they were like, hey, I left $200,000 there, she, she'd she be busted immediately, which means, yeah. like, 
the money went to the hotel. Yeah. Which clearly they didn't fix up when Kate was there. (laughs) Helen says to Anthony Cooper, quote, are you him? And that's an important line. Yes. It's something that we will see again at the end of this season. But um, Desmond says to Locke when he sees them for the first time, he says, are you him? He says, no. Well, he says yes. And then he asks him the snowman question. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But are you him? Is like, are you my replacement? But oh boy. Anyway, uh, don't call her sweetheart. Oh, that literally when he was like, Anthony Cooper was like, um, listen here, sweetheart. And I'm like, any man who addresses me with any like term like that, I am going to punch in the teeth. Mm. <laughs> like, don't do that. Yeah. But that's like such a great shorthand example of like how garbage he was that he thought he could talk to her like that. Yeah. Like, it's just little character moments like that communicate so much. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this we have already talked about, which is nice. Um, We were moving past him, forgave him at the funeral. She seems to blame Locke too, not just Anthony. Mm. Okay, here here is a um, a point that I did want to make, though. Um, In orientation in uh, 203 is the episode where we first meet Helen. And the reason why she um, finds out that Locke is obsessed with Anthony is that um, he keeps leaving her house. Like um, she wants him to stay the night, but he just, he keeps leaving. Right. And so one time she follows him to his house um, and she says like, I've been following you. She keeps following him. Is it okay for her to keep following him like this? Like I'm having a hard time figuring out like if, like whose side I'm on, you know? And then that's the point of the show is that they're being like, Everybody has their own story and sometimes things just don't work out and you don't know which side you're on. What what right does she have to keep following him? Yeah. I think, yeah. Sorry, I was just like thinking, I think she was justified given the previous scene. Yeah, but it's also, I mean, obviously I think in that previous scene, you could kind of see that she began to doubt him and like she didn't want to exactly. be right, but she kind of knew she was. But it's funny because like, again, this does kind of parallel how everyone's reacting to like Henry Gale on the island. Yeah. Because... Mm-hmm. It's like they have no, like, it's only their um, instinct that are, like, guiding their actions, right? And so Helen following Locke, if it hadn't been, like, if she'd been wrong, then she would have been in the wrong. But because she was right, she's in the right. But she didn't actually know. It was just a suspicion. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder how much she does follow him and nothing happens, you know? Like... Yeah, I'm just like, we've seen all of the times where she does follow him and she's right. Mm -hmm. But how often does she follow him and she's wrong? (laughs) He's like, just going to the grocery store. Yeah. (laughs) You know, why are you still following? Like, stop following him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But Locke says like, no, I was gonna, I was gonna tell you everything. So yeah, Um, this is like a really bad time to propose. I really, like, I know that he panics, but like, (sighs) Locke, just give it a couple weeks, get her back in your good graces. You know, like it doesn't have to be now. Panic proposals are never a good idea no and she's like no PSA. like i can't do that yeah <laughs> yeah but the part that messes like, me are up you saying most... this from experience <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> 10 times out of 10 <laughs> <Don't work. laughs> i've lived all 10 times trust yeah. me <laughs> no time to explain <laughs> when is your memoir dropping i need to know these things helen wait Helen, hey, you don't understand. I was going to tell you everything. You lied to me. I, no, please, I can explain. You looked me right in the eye and you lied to me. You've made no, your choice, no. John. You need his love more than mine. No, my choice is you. I was going to... I love you. I, no, no, please, 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 Helen. Please, I love you and, and, and I want to spend my life with you and, and I can't live without you. Helen... So we'll... 
So, will you marry me? But the part that messes me up the most is that Cooper fully sees all of this happen. He witnesses the whole thing, and he just gets in the taxi and leaves. He's a monster. Know, the ultimate, like, humiliation of Locke. He doesn't go up and try and, like, make him feel better or anything. Nope, he doesn't no. care. He just leaves. Yeah. He does not care about anyone except himself. And I'm He's like, really? Have you seen or met you? Because you suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's really sad. And then, of course, a plane passes overhead, which is why it's called the Flight Line Motel, because it's in the Flight Line. They oh. scared me when that plane went over. I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh, uh-uh That's too low. It's like when we cross the bridge here in Van going to the hotel, and the planes come really low over the bridge, and I'm like, mm, not today, Satan. Nope. <laughs> Um, do you guys have any other thoughts on the whole episode before we do spoilers? No. No. But it's good. All right. So now it's time for segments. Uh, our first segment is the Best Line Award. Mine goes to Helen for... Maybe he left you his kidney. <laughs> She's so cute. That's such a good moment. It really shows, like, the... That is really funny. <laughs> it really shows their relationship and yeah. how they can both laugh with each and other they, about that. Because they did move past it. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. And I want to give a um, honorable mention to Hurley and also Libby for... What's going on? Jack and Sawyer are finally going to beat each other up. Because <laughs> we've all been waiting. <laughs> yeah. Mine goes to... Wait, who does Sawyer. mine go to? Sawyer? Yes. Uh, mine goes to Sawyer for... How about you put your mangoes where your mouth is? Mangoes to Sawyer. (laughs) Mangoes to Sawyer for mangoes. Done. That's what it is. (laughs) That was a good one. Um, And and mine is, when I need the guns, I'll get the guns. When I ask you what you want and for steaks, why didn't you ask for the guns? When I need the guns, I'll get the guns. Like the sexiest thing Jack ever said. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's, oh my gosh, yeah. I was like, oh, That's now fun. the truth is revealed. Yeah, yeah. Now we know why Selena likes Jack so much. I mean, that the power <laughs> that that line has, one of my 10 panic proposals. <laughs> Definitely because of that line. Um, now we're going to do Man of Science, Man of Faith. This one's an easy one because we just do um, who the main character was of the episode. Hey, I wonder if Locke is a man of science or a man of faith. Oh, man. Mm. I don't wonder. You know what, though? I think Locke is a man of, like, failing faith or, like, Ooh. shaky faith. Ouch. You know, I think it is really yes. hard for him to hold on to it faith because he has you know he has so much doubt and he has so much anger and uncertainty he's a man of faith but he has he struggles to be a man of faith he Mm -hmm. struggles yeah he struggles to hold on to his belief because and we see why you know because he has been let down and manipulated so much in the past and he wants so desperately to believe that henry isn't going to manipulate him like his father did just as he wanted to believe that his father wasn't going to manipulate him like he already did and it just keeps happening yeah i'm sad so (laughs) sad Forgive me if I'm misremembering, but I believe the last Locke episode that there was, I think, maybe, I could be misremembering, but um, 203, Orientations, the one that we've been talking about a lot, um, I always have to bring up, because what you said just there completely encapsulates it, when um, Locke says to Jack, why do you find it so hard to believe? Yeah. Why do you find it so easy? It's never been easy. Sorry. It's never been easy, Brittany. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Sorry. No, you said the line. Oh, okay. And then he says, never I, for some reason, I thought I got it wrong. And I was like, no, there's no way I've been saying that wrong the entire time. No. Okay. Mm, okay, good. Good for me. Why do you find it so easy? Yeah. It's never been easy. 
Yeah. He that struggles. Is, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Good job, Selena. Thank you. Like, um, canonically, he struggles. Yeah. For sure. That's his entire life is Locke struggles. He said it in dialogues. Yeah. Struggles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone on this show is a tragedy, but Locke is the, of the highest Ultimate regard. tragedy. Highest yeah. tragedy, yeah. 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 But he does regain faith. Like, that's the thing. The end of this episode, yes. like, even with Henry Gale, like, the lock, like, the the lock, <laughs> the hatch, like, showing him a sign, like, opening its its magic doors to him, basically. Giving him a message just for him. Like, that, I think, does a lot. He always gets just enough to keep moving. Exactly, yeah. <sighs> that poor man. Mm. Protect him. Now, it's time for Hurley's Walkman. So, we hear Compared to What by Les McCann and Eddie Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is actually interesting because... There is a version that they sing from the album Swiss Movement, um, and it is not that version. Uh, the version in this episode of Lost has yet to be determined. In the episode, the swan is playing on the swan record player while Locke, while Locke exercises. So it's like, it's that song, but it's different from the way it's normally on the, mo- it's a on the album cover. Yeah, so people to this day are not really sure where it came from or, or what they used it from or anything. The remaining mysteries of interesting. I'll Share My World With You by George Jones is playing in Locke and Helen's house. Oh, soft. Let me see. I'm looking for some lyrics. Okay. I'll share my world with you, everything that I own, my earthly possessions, they're no good if I'm alone. Uh, wow. Let me give you the sunshine while it's fresh with morning dew. Can't you see that I'm waiting to share my world with you? Hmm. It's actually just a really, really lovely love song. Thanks. Hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. For for them. You know. Um, did they do the thing? The thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode, and they sure did. Um, Locke said at the end, some kind of lockdown or something, <laughs> um, as well as the garbled voice on the speaker says like blank minutes to lockdown so there you go they did the thing it was some kind of lockdown or something he he was helping me how many episodes since the last knockout oh man oh man well depends on if henry's knockout was real or not but we're gonna say that it was for a zero goose egg zero episode literally the last knockout yeah and uh last episode it was a joke um (laughs) making this a segment i'm sorry selena (laughs) the last time that jack mansplained something um last episode jack mansplained uh oh the episode before jack mansplained babies he Mm. sure did last episode he mansplained um how to tell the truth (laughs) and this episode he's mansplaining poker so there you go zero episodes since the last time jack mansplained something i think you should just start calling it jacksplaining jacksplain done exactly there you go yep that's That's why i'm here episodes since the last time Jack Jacksplained something. Yes. Zero. It's been zero days since our last Jacksplain. <laughs> Does this episode pass the Bechtel test? No. No. Nope. Uh, nope. Bless. They didn't try. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you so much to the creators and community at Lostpedia. If uh, you're so inclined, please write us a nice review on iTunes and fill out our our survey. survey. (laughs) I'm not fixing it. Okay. Um, It is perpetually open, and you can find that in the description box or... Where else is it usually? In the description box. Just in the description box. Cool, thanks. Of every pod. Thanks, so, yeah. I mean, that's where you can find it. Yeah. Just pick a pod, it's in there. Cool. Um, but yeah, if we do anything that you particularly like or something you particularly don't like, let us know. Yeah. Please be nice, though. <laughs> you could also uh, put it in our uh, box on Tumblr. Oh, boy. Want. No, I no, <laughs> absolutely not. I'm not dealing with anonymous things today. That's what our survey is. 
Yeah, but the survey is like constructive criticism. Oh. Tumblr anon just invites anger. Yeah. Okay. If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too, clearly. Um, when this comes out, I do believe that the season six will be over. So um, we will have all of season four, all of season five, all of season six for you. And eventually we're oh going to go God. back. How does it end? I want to yeah. know what's in the anomaly. <laughs> I want to know what's in the anomaly. I think we know. <laughs> it's like the thing that's keeping me coming back. I was like, I have to know what's in that anomaly. Yeah. God's sakes. <laughs> If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show, too. We have covered three seasons so far, and we're in control of our lives. Yeah. When this comes out, um, one month until uh, until season four. Oh, boy. I am excited. Oh, boy. I love Riverdale. Okay. I do. I know. They're just, like, constantly in the anomaly. That's the thing with Riverdale. Yes, exactly. That's what's yeah, in there. Exactly. That's actually so true. <laughs> uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show, too. Um, we did all of season one, and we also have a three-hour-long podcast. It's just our live reactions to um, all of season three. So go ahead and check that out, and eventually we'll do season two. It'll be great. You can follow the Fiction Autos on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, but uh, mostly Twitter, side of Tumblr. I do work on our Tumblr, and I also post on our Instagram story. Thanks. Okay. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating, because it is expensive. We have four feeds. <laughs> you have to pay for SoundCloud Pro on all of them. Help! <laughs> You can follow me on Twitter at Abritania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. Selena, thank you so much for joining us! Thank you for having me! Yay! Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter, Selena underscore Hypable. And you can find me on Hypable.com. It will be... Read everything she writes. It will be on the, uh, in the description. So. Yes. Yeah. There, there are, there are less articles, but probably more words. <laughs> it's good content. Oh, thank you. Uh, our next episode is episode two eighteen. It's called Dave, and we're gonna be having our friend Chris on for that. She is uh, has been courage faded on Twitter for a very long time, but she just recently changed to your dear old dad. Oh, oh. feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so we're excited to have her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love you. Bye. 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 Spoilers. Spoilers. Gonna talk spoilers. Oh my god, it's time for spoilers. <gasps> spoilers. 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 <laughs> We're gonna have to record like an actual like album cover. Absolutely not. <laughs> or like or like a, a studio recorded version of that for season three, oh I think. God. Okay, welcome to spoilers. So thank you. Let's do I'm gonna see if we can do flashbacks first. Um Helen obituaries funerals uh, in season five it turns out helen died yeah oh my god i forgot that helen Which, died yeah i i did too but it's because like i feel like we still don't really know if she was a plant okay like, i think we tell me more about that well it, it was a huge thing like everyone thought that she was in league with anthony cooper and like it was all a long con because that's oh. why she read the obituary you know oh and because he was like she's really nice wow yeah. she's so pretty oh exactly. my gosh and that's why she left that would be so sad like once she'd she'd fulfilled her purpose and gotten locked there then she left and then they like left together and i think everyone were kind of like waiting for the reveal and it never came and then she just like randomly died and we were like what what but <laughs> But the conspiracy. <laughs> oh my god! So like, that's a that's a headcanon that fully makes sense. Yeah, but it makes me deeply sad. So I yeah. reject it. <laughs> I, re- I, did, I reject it too. I think that like genuinely, what was on the screen was just what she was. 
Yeah. Because that also makes the tragedy more tragic because he almost he almost got out of the loop. You know, he almost got a happy mm-hmm. ending. But yeah. I, I do think there was a lot of like support for that theory at the time and it would have it would have served as an explanation and as a as a really gut gut punching reveal, I think. Oh Locke is such a tragedy already. That would have made yeah. it like ten times worse. That might have been mm-hmm. too far. Yeah, that mm-hmm. might have been too far. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because it is a little bit also a little bit like Truman Show-ish. You know, exactly. if everyone in his life was like an actor trying to hurt him, that might be too much. But there was just something... Locke didn't even get to go to her funeral because he was on the island. Yeah. Oh. But there was like uh. something a little bit shady, I thought, about how she just left his life and then died. Right. Yeah, that is kind of odd. Yeah. So to make a, a, another very sad point, oh, no. um, Locke, Locke's funeral is under Jeremy Bentham. And I think that if it had been under his actual name. Maybe more people would have shown up, but no one came to that either. And it, it technically yeah. wasn't a funeral. I believe the guy specifically says that it was it was a viewing. Yeah, but no one showed up. Um, and then he says, "Were you friend or family?" And Lo- Jack says neither. Mm. Like really, which is so sad. Like yeah. again, he can be such like a bitch. Can you say that on the show? Otherwise, like, <laughs> yeah, he can yeah. really be like bitchy sometimes. Jack, yeah, <laughs> that was one of those times. He's the perfect word for that. Yeah, uh, just the cruelty of that too i was just like "Mm, Mm. you couldn't even even in death yeah that is all i had for the spoilers for um the flashbacks does anybody have any other flashback spoilers no i don't think so okay card game spoilers um (laughs) i just wanted to say that libby is the reason that they need the medicine later in the season Mm -hmm. so it's a good thing that jack got it back good job jack yeah so thanks jack um, I liked when Sawyer said, listen, Jack, like the hatch isn't going anywhere and it blows up at the end of the season. It sure does. <laughs> so yeah. yes, it is. Okay. Okay. So Jack keeps freaking winning <laughs> and poker is like obviously a game that you, you know, you have to have like a poker face, which is what that's called and you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's also luck. The fact that Jack gets two kings. Yeah. Is Jack supposed to have the medicine? Is this the work of Jacob is my big question. No. Well, that's a good question. But I think it's Mm -hmm. also like it is partly luck. But I think it was also interesting that it wasn't like he had the highest thing. Like the one and the whatever it is that is like the highest set. He did just have one over Sawyer. So I think it was more of like the king and and queen is obviously like a little bit symbolic. Yeah. Though it would have been fun if he had a pair of jacks, but whatever. Um, Yeah. But like, but I think it is more just to show how good he was at like sussing Sawyer out. Like even more Mm -hmm. than his own poker face. He was just really good at knowing what Sawyer had. He's just really good at bluffing. If it was the work of Jacob, Jacob was like, I'm just going to make it one step above Sawyer yeah. that would be funny yeah just to be just to throw it in his face but yeah no I think it was more like just to show that, that Jack was such a master of the game that he could know that Sawyer had just below what he had yep right <sighs> interesting the anger that Sawyer must feel yeah, I know. <laughs> also um, that king and queen thing kind of wound up being true yeah it did like that's mm, a, yeah. that was the thing that i was like at the time i'm sure because they they kind of went back and forth on the sawyer kate jack thing a lot mm-hmm. you know when it was going on like i think we all know that they probably had some idea of like jack and kate ending up together but it was never yeah. set in stone mm-hmm. which is like incredibly nerve-wracking as a, as a shipper yes. um but I think that that looking back on it, moments like this work as foreshadowing. Yep, right. Which is really neat because you're like, oh, okay, that yeah. this was end game. 
Right. Sure. Like this was yeah. literally them spelling out like Sawyer was going to be number two to Jack's mm-hmm. number one. But e- but even if it hadn't worked out like in terms of, of Kate and, and stuff like that, I think it still kind of worked. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack says that he learned to play poker in Thailand, but we never he's never actually seen playing in Stranger in a Strange Land. No. Just to be clear. Thanks, you know, just thank God. Because I just didn't want to... Yeah, that would have been too expositional. And I didn't want to watch him do anything in Stranger in a Strange Land. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And Sawyer's time in Tallahassee, like, that was where he met um, Cassie? Cassandra? Cassidy. Cassidy and had Clementine. Cassidy. So, okay. Maybe he got gonorrhea from that. Oh my God! (laughs) No, but that was the time he had a lot of girlfriends like he he did a lot of cons and stuff like that so yeah yeah he spread it out to everyone in Tallahassee so <laughs> I would love to actually Tallahassee gets gonorrhea talk yeah. about Tallahassee because when we get the man from Tallahassee is um the episode where we find out it's another lock episode and it's where we find out how he lost his, the use of his legs mm-hmm. um which is another like Anthony Cooper thing so the fact that Sawyer brings up the man from Tallahassee even though we haven't seen the man of from Tallahassee yet we then learn that the man from Tallahassee was Sawyer was the Sawyer that he was looking for yeah oh my god do you think that was intentional that's why they brought it up in this episode it can't have been no it's like a whole other season away yeah Yeah. there's no way what a what a cool, cool like coincidence like again, retroactive foreshadowing. They exactly. also they do this thing where they'll like take specific locations and then they'll just bring them up over over and over and over again, and they all like kind of mean the same thing. So, for example, in the man from Tallahassee, Anthony Cooper claims to be from Ontario, and mm. so they keep saying the the people who are from Canada lie are lying, yep. or they um I knew it, I knew we were lying, or they aren't trustworthy. So whenever someone says anything about Canada, they're usually lying. So for oh example, God. again, um, Widmore gives Locke a fake Canadian passport issued in Vancouver in the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. Mm-hmm. So oh, there are actually two exceptions to this trend. In numbers, Hurley is accountant informs him that the sneaker and factory in Canada burned down. There's no evidence to suggest that he's lying. In Sundown, Saeed tells his niece and nephew that he has to go to Toronto to work. There's no evidence to suggest that he is lying. Anyway, so Canada. And then so I w- wanted to go and see if they had some things from Tallahassee. Because uh, in what Kate does, Kate is buying a ticket to ha- Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. So Tallahassee is a big deal. Um, Let me find... uh, Tallahassee, here we go. Kate was buying a ticket to Tallahassee. Sawyer implied to Jack that he contracted an STD in Tallahassee. (laughs) Juliet's biography, according to Middle East Bioscience, states she received her BS in biology from the Florida State University, which is located in Tallahassee. Um, Thank God she didn't get gonorrhea at that time. (laughs) Ben refers to Locke's father as the man from Tallahassee. Uh, Florida State University is located in Tallahassee, is the home to a national high magnetic field laboratory the laboratory is home to the world's largest and most powerful magnet kate world's like one of the writers from tallahassee because there's so much tallahassee anyway that's funny tallahassee is in here so i think that's pretty cool yeah that's all i had for that storyline now let's go into the big one ben oh wait i do have one more thing it was just like every time in the show now when jack interacts with claire or aaron and especially aaron i'm like that's your nephew that's your sister just like freak out (laughs) <laughs> you don't know i always so forget about it. that i know does jack ever tell claire no i don't i think, don't think he does no. <gasps> actually don't they have a moment they do share a moment in the last season don't they I yeah feel like they do 
I mean, they're together in the last season yeah. after Claire has gone bonkers, but I don't think he ever tells her. Yeah, so I, th- I feel like he does. I don't know, actually, now that you say it, but he never... And then he dies when she leaves. Yeah, but, like, Unless his only Kate reaction knew? to Aaron, really, is to, like, stare at him and then leave. Unless he told Which Kate... Is- Jack, you're so weird. Anyway. Yeah. Not his oh. finest moment. Oh, buddy. So Ben's big speech was like, if I was an other, I would have other others in that field and they would capture your people and He's an idiot. trade for me. Why aren't there others out there to capture them? Well, because they want it to be, they want the il- illusion, right? I didn't even think about that. I mean, he imme- he gets caught after this, so it's like, if they had just done that, then they would be able to get him out. Like, do they have Michael at this point? I can't remember if they have Michael already, because he comes back pretty quickly here, because Michael is the, like, Michael is better to have because he can bring people back to them, like the people that they want specifically. Mm-hmm. So if they already have Michael, then it does make sense as to why they're not doing it. So I think that's what it is. That's still kind of mind-blowing, though. Um, In the season two finale, we learn a little bit more about the lockdown uh it can be triggered like desmond triggers it so that they can keep working on the map yeah uh but this wasn't that it was on purpose like it it just happened um okay so why was the thing on the speaker so garbled the poor quality of the recording was likely due to maintenance neglect or possibly damage sustained during the lockdowns forced by radzinski kelvin and desmond oh that could be part of it i thought for some reason i had it in my head that it was like intentional the lockdown no the the garbled oh why would you think that I don't know. Just, it's lost. Why wouldn't I think that? Oh, why? Uh, I don't get it. Uh, just conspiracy. Okay. Okay. What, what, um, purpose would that? I don't know. Hold? Okay. Okay. I Sorry. didn't get far with the thought. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So does Ben know about the lockdown? Could he have out orchestrated this somehow? I don't think so. Doesn't he? Don't we find out he does know? Well, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the reason why I think Ben knows most things about the thing is because he's, we've seen him at the Pearl. Yeah. We know that he's been to the Pearl. He's been watching them. Mm-hmm. But the lockdown hasn't happened. So like, and, but, and another thing is that we know that he 100% did press the button because if he hadn't, everything would have gone to crap. Yeah. It would have like literally been an explosion, right? But I love in the like later episodes coming, he literally tells Locke that he didn't press the button just to bother him. You know, he's such an ass. But he did. Yeah. So like, if like he knows he has to press the button, so he would have gotten up in that vent, pressed the button, and then he could have just booked it. So you think he knew what the lockdown was as well? I don't know. He he was really just acting. I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's like Michael Emerson couldn't have thought that far ahead or known any of this anyway. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not sure. But hey, if anybody's listening to this and you have thoughts on this, we would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So please let us know if you think that Ben knew about the lockdown or not. That sneaky boy. Because I'm interested. Okay, was Henry actually out or not? Was he knocked out? Well, I, don't know. I guess if he his aim was to press the button, it makes more sense that he really was knocked out. I just think yeah. it was like completely ridiculous yeah. that he like jumps up and knocks himself out and falls down and then he like happens to wake up when the plot needs him to but now that you know it's ben that's so funny <laughs> you're like way to go idiot <laughs> it's like the master manipulator like duh. like yeah i'm kind of on the side his own self i'm kind of on the side that he actually did like just so he could watch Locke freak out he could like hear Locke, like he just falls asleep and he's like, I am sleeping. And Locke goes, Henry, Henry, yeah. wake up. And Locke's like, like tee, or Ben is like, tee hee hee. Exactly. I want to believe that it was part of his plan because I, I don't want to believe that he was that stupid, <laughs> but like, maybe. Like, what a humbling moment for Ben. Yeah. He wakes up and he's like, hmm, that was not cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So he's like, I didn't do anything. I just pressed the button. I think that's true. I think he literally did just press the button. Yeah. 
Um, and then the, after the food does... dropped, the lockdown just, like, came back up, I yeah. guess. Okay, so the, the lockdown didn't happen for any other reason than because there was a food drop. I think That's so. That's what but I the, understand. The question I have now is about the black light. Because yeah. when we see Kelvin in season two, uh, in the season two finale, he's, um, he's, like, drawing it, but he doesn't, he can't see it. Like, the black light isn't on when he's drawing it. Yeah. And he says something about, like, Radzinski having, like, a picture, like, a photo photographic memory so yeah. he always knew where he was going it's just weird let me go onto the blast door map but maybe he installed the Same. black light like in for future gotcha reference or something that's um, actually not a bad point yeah but okay so yeah i'm yes. on the blast door map thing so i can give us some more information about this so creation and history stuart redzinski a dharma initiative member and architect of the swan station originally created the map okay we learned that already. He, or not here, but we know that from the season two finale. Mm-hmm. He and his partner, Kelvin Inman, regularly forced a lockdown to engage the blast doors in order to continue their work on the map. The map's creators were forced to work blindly as the map could only be seen under conditions when the swan was illuminated with black light. So that doesn't tell us why the black light happens. No. Following Radzinski's suicide, Kelvin continued to work on the map, albeit at a much slower pace. Kelvin described Radzinski as having a photographic memory, allowing him to remember exactly where he left off. It is unknown if Desmond ever contributed to the map. Dharma laundry detergent was at least one of the substances used as paint on the map. Likely other mixtures were used to create the different colors. Oh. Locke saw the blast door map for the first and only time in lockdown while trapped under the blast door during the lockdown incident. Black light switched on, revealing the map. Uh, in the semi-canon video game Via Domus, oh, no. there are two spectrum levels <laughs> of the map which can be seen under different lighting conditions. The first was seen by Locke. The second spectrum of the map includes more geographical locations and notations. So that's, it's it's semi-canon. Um, I've played it and it's terrifying. <laughs> it is so scary. Oh my god, I played it but like it kept freezing at like some oh, no. point, like just like ten minutes in, like I'd just gotten out of like something with the plane, and then yeah. it would like it would freeze on me, and it was like the most frustrating thing Ugh. because I really wanted to play it. Well, was the game just too old at scary. that point? <laughs> what? What do you think the game was just too old at that point to play? No, I I played it when it came out. Are you kidding? Like it was like on my computer. I don't know what it was the problem. It was on a like a CD and like you know a, a oh, DVD thing. So yeah. like I think it was just had a scratch or something. Like I don't know. This was before like I could just download it or get another copy or something. So I was like <laughs> screwed be like, because this one didn't work. I suppose like, I could go back and play it now. Yeah. yeah. I don't want but to. But like, wow, it's remember scary, when we used Selena. to have to do stuff like that? Is it really scary? Yeah, I remember. Like, you would just like, if, if something broke, you were just, you couldn't do anything. Just too bad. Well, okay, so listen, I'm a baby. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, But like, so when I'm watching the show and the smoke monster is after people, you're like, run, run, Forrest, run, just do it. But then when the smoke monster is after you, <laughs> it's really scary. You have to go yeah. into the dark territory. And so the monster is around there and you have to hide in the banyan trees to get away from the monster. And it's like, you can run as long as you can't hear the monster, right? So you're sitting there like listening to the monster. And sometimes it gets really, really loud. And so you're like really scared because you were just like, listening really really intently and also the sounds never like really truly go away and so i'm like so when am i supposed to run this sounds like a slender man game kind of well it was only like that one piece like other times you're allowed to like you could like go on the beach and then it had like the voices of i think it was like yunjin michael emerson and like a few people but like sawyer's was completely wrong or like whatever So, like, sometimes it was fun because you got to go and, like, talk to people, which is all I really wanted to do, but instead I had to go and, like, do flashbacks to this random guy named Elliot. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. 
and then do scary things. That's why I was playing it as well. Just wanted to talk to you. And they wouldn't let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> but that is funny. I, I remember that was like really, I just wanted to hear everyone's voices. But that's the funny thing about these games they used to do. They did one for Buffy as well. And like they had all the voices except for Buffy's and Willow's. Mm-hmm. And they were awful. And it was just, it was hilarious. So like the two that you would want the most? Right. The, the two main ones were the yeah. ones they didn't have. And like some were much better at video game voiceovering than others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so going back to the blast door map here, I've got uh, the hidden map shows the location of six stations with a seventh crossed out. All the stations appear to be pointing toward the center of the island. Represented on the map by a large question mark, four of the stations appeared with the names and logos, the arrow, the staff, the flame, and the swan. The central location indicated by the question mark at the center of the map was later identified as the pearl. Um, the crossed out C1 station labeled unknown by the original creator of the map, Rudzinski, was the orchid, but Rudzinski didn't know what the orchid did. So oh. that's why. The Lost Encyclopedia note- notes that C3 is the location of an unseen and or unbuilt meteorolo- meteorological station that, according to the map, was located at a high elevation. C3PO. Thank you. There's a, there's a lot here, fam. So if you're looking for it, like, Blast Door Map on Lostpedia is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, there are a number of other structures appear around the periphery of the map marked CV. These are numbered sequentia- sequentially counterclockwise one through four. CV was later revealed in the jigsaw puzzles, because I guess they made jigsaw puzzles of this. What? To stand for Cerberus Vent. So Cerberus um, is the name of the, m- is what they're calling the monster. Cerberus. All right. Also contains a note about, at about four o'clock, referencing the known final resting place of Magnus Hanso slash the Black Rock. Oh. Oh. Uh, and then there's a whole thing about the notations. Like, like in Blast Door Map, they give you like stations, notations, um, uh, and and all of this, and there's even main article called Blast Door Map Notation. So like, there is just so much with the Blast Door Map. I obviously can't get in, get to all of it right now, but if you guys are interested in it, please go check it out. And if you find anything super super cool in there, make sure you send it because I want to talk about it on the podcast. Cool. Uh, yeah, there's lots here, so I guess we'll just move on. Right. <laughs> um, did you guys have any other spoiler thoughts? That's all I got. Um, mm, no, no. I feel like there was something, but it's gone now, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, Selena, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Yes, it's always so great to have you on. Yes, I'm glad to be on. I'm glad that I remembered that I was supposed to be on. And that I had time to watch the episode because it was like, it's so fun. I don't, it's been so long since I rewatched Lost. And watching episodes like this just makes me want to go back and watch the whole thing because it was so smart. Yay. Every time we watch an episode, there is a part of me that's like, what if we just watch one more? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll yes, get to it sure. all eventually. Exactly. Oh. Um, would you tell us all one more time where we can find you on the internet? Yes, you can find me on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much the only place I am on Selena underscore hypable. And I write weekly the hundred reviews on hypable. And I suppose I'm also on Twitter. No, on Instagram at Selena Arc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Yes, uh, alias slash the hundred stan account. Not really. But yeah, Perfect. that's where you can find me. Also, be aware of her Twitter if you are allergic to puns, because this has been on her pun game lately. <laughs> it's like, it's it's just because I know you love them so much. <laughs> Every time I read them, I'm like, ah! <laughs> uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at B-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Why did I say it like that? And you can follow both of us at The Aficionados, uh, most places, and 
Thanks. No, thank you. <laughs> like, all right. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaffectionados. Are you okay? Uh, no, I'm... No. Okay, cool. Great. Okay, love you, bye. Thank you, love you, bye. Bye. Should I go and get a ruler?